Why? Why do you want to know? Are you going to rape my corpse? <laughs> Funny enough, we were just talking about that before you uh, you joined yeah. in. <laughs> corpse raping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to an ABC of Gaming. I am Chris, and as always, I am joined by the awesome Mr. Fantastic, Adam Parry. Evening. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm all the more sexy for hearing your voice. Oh. <laughs> all the more moist, all the more excited, all the more stiff, and all the more aroused mm, well, well i'm getting that way now seeing as you're getting quite i just like the sound of your voice when you talk like that it's quite good well, j- just imagine my jap size slowly leaking it's you know pre-love fluid at the very sound of your tones oh, <laughs> oh my god uh, okay uh, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that we'll explore your jap uh i'm sure as the uh, the show goes on um but uh Unfortunately, we have some bad news and we have some good news. Um, the bad news is that, unfortunately, Mr. Ben can't join us tonight. Um, he's missing an integral part of, uh, you know, what you, need, what you need to do a podcast, really. Uh, and that's a fucking computer. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he uh, decided to give his computer away to his daughter um, uh, before he got a new computer. Uh, he does have a Chromebook, apparently, but um, from all sounds of it, it's shit um, because you can't download things like Audacity and, uh, you know, things, again, like that you need to do a podcast with. Uh, and plus he's got loads of other stuff on, he's busy, etc. However, I don't want to dwell too much on the, the negative. Uh, it also means that a door has opened. What's the, the What's the saying? As a door closes, a window opens or some bollocks like that. I thought it was just as one door closes, another one opens. Oh, okay. <laughs> if fucking window, if you're a burglar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, so we are joined by the grandmaster of uh, 60MW himself. It is, I was going to think in then, the Grand Wizard, but that's KKK related, isn't it? Uh, and he's, I, don't think he's, <laughs> I don't think he's got any linkage to uh, the KKK. We'll, we'll ask him. It is the most amazing, lovely, it's... Dave Robinson. I was going to say Dave Richardson then, but that would be <laughs> totally wrong. Dave, how are you? Hello. I thought you were going to say the granddad then, so you know that makes a change. Thank you. Well, you haven't got any grandkids yet, have you? Not that I know of, no, unless my daughter's been a bit naughty on the side and not told me. <laughs> yeah. Or my son. I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I've got a surprise coming this year. I don't oh, know. Well, you never know. How, how would you feel about that would you be happy excited would you feel old how would you feel oh, i feel old already so it'd make no bloody difference would it it'd be fine yeah as long as they bought me nice presents at christmas and that'd be fine yeah it's, it's another outlet to give me free shit isn't it? 
<laughs> well, yeah. Although it, t- it takes a few years, doesn't it? Because they can't go, well, they wouldn't be able to buy anything for a couple of years, but you'd have to buy them stuff. Oh, as long as I, oh, nappy changing again. Uh, Getting back into all of that. Mm. Oh, oh, remember those days, Chris, nappy changing. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, we have just... So last year, uh, Sophie was still in nappies. Um, she's four now. She was uh, obviously three last year. <laughs> Um, don't know why I had to explain that, uh, but uh, yeah. So she w- we want we were like potty training or whatever, but she just wasn't having it. She was really difficult. Like you know, we'd sort of like uh, point her in the direction of the potty or the toilet, you know, with the little seat on, and she'd just cry. And she would just she just wasn't having it at all. Um, so and and I'm a bit of a soft touch, so you know, my, my wife's you know the tough one in this relationship and she said just leave her you know if she needs the toilet she'll go eventually you know don't put a nappy on her and it gets to a point where she just cry and cry and like she needs a wee needs a wee and i just i'd cave in and say just stick a nappy on her you know just to keep her quiet um but anyway she's taken to the toilet now and and all that kind of stuff like a well, somebody who likes shitting on a toilet, um, which is, is kind of awesome. So we've moved out of that phase. But yeah, I'm not a fan of wiping arses, I have to say. Did, did you save her last nappy? You know, like they, you know, people save kids' shoes and stuff. Did you save the last nappy? I, no. Here's a funny story about a nappy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so I went to a... Um, oh, I... I as the words were about to leave my mouth, I just realised what a tit it makes me sound. But, you know, why stop now? Uh, I went to a baby shower once um, <laughs> with uh, my wife, uh, kind of, mainly because I was kind of peer pressured into going. And they did all the baby shower kind of games, you know. Uh, have you ever been to a baby shower? No. No. What games? <laughs> no. That? I no. thought it was women only. Well, I thought it was supposed to be women fucking only, but then uh, apparently no. Um, because I was, like I said, you know, expected to go along. Um, Were there any other men there? Uh, there was one. Uh, yeah, so you say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, anyway, they played different games, but the one that really sort of like, you know, stuck in my memory uh, was they got various chocolate and melted it down in the microwave or whatever and then put it in a nappy. Now, even though my brain knew it was chocolate because and then they passed it around and got everybody to have a taste so you can taste what the you know guess what the chocolate is even though i knew it was chocolate i couldn't bring myself to do it because it just looked like shit and it was just not good have you guys ever done that no <laughs> I mean, no especially weird for me if i was eating chocolate out of a nappy <laughs> having no children i'd be arrested <laughs> Wouldn't it be more exciting, though, if there was, like, I don't know, six nappies? <laughs> of five of them were chocolate <laughs> and one wasn't. That would that would spice it up a little Absolutely. bit. That would be amazing. Like, Russian roulette shit. Yeah, put pegs on your noses and then just <laughs> stick your tongue out. Oh, well, that'd be awesome. Actually, no, that sounds like a good game now. Um, so, but after if- that, did, did they play Baggy Fanny? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the biggest wizard sleeve? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's funny because like when you have a baby, like, I remember them t- again. This funny things stick in your mind. Um, they they told us in the uh, the hospital, you know, um, your wife will be highly fertile now after she's given birth due to the bio- biological bollocks or whatever. Uh, so you know, don't have sex. 
I'm thinking, I've just seen you stitch up my wife's fanny. I'm not going to fucking... <laughs> it's not really put me in the mood, funnily enough, you know. Um, so, there you go. Anyway, enough of me talking about kids and shit. Um, literally shit. But, uh, Dave, hmm. I, I will ask you how you are, Adam, because, you know, but people regularly hear from, from us, I don't know, with the movie hmm. show and the TV show. But Dave, this is the first time we've properly spoken to you. You've had a lot going on. Uh, Some of it you may not Mm -hmm. want to talk about. Some of it you may want to talk about. I I have had people Mm. ask me how you are. I think they've picked up from the gist of the, you know, various other podcasts and messages on Twitter that you've put out over the past 12 months that you've, um, you know, not had a great year in terms of um, your health, etc. But uh, do you want to let people know how you are? That you, you... I think you're on the up. I think 2021 is going to be better for you and yeah. everyone else, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Still waiting on an operation. So, uh, well, yeah, there's all sorts of crap going on inside of me. The main thing is I have a contracted gallbladder. Mm. So they they give me a scan and everything. And my, gall, my gallbladder, I've had gallstones for years, apparently. Fuckers never told me. I've had them for years and years. So long that my gallbladder has died around them and shrunk all around them. So I've got a, I've got a dead, shriveled up gallbladder <laughs> full of gallstones. Not, not very pleasant to have. Uh, kidney stones as well. A few other things knocking around in there. Not good. Um, so I'm waiting on an operation to have my gallbladder out, which, of course, isn't happening because of all the other crap that's going on. So just got to wait for, you know, normal service to be resumed in the hospitals. But one of the weird things of it is one of the side effects, apart from intense fucking agony now and again, is it's it's getting me constipated quite a bit. And we've, I know we've talked about this on WhatsApp because it is worse being constipated than having the shits by a long, long way. And I know you've talked, it was, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on 60MW or on the same coin, Chris, you talked about um, when it must have been Lucy, was, was it Lucy oh, that was constipated yeah, and you yeah. were saying the stories without, you went through a nightmare with and it is, it's fucking horrible. So that's one of the things. So I take this stuff called fibre gel every night, which helps me to poo the next day. So this, this this is lockdown in Wales. This is the most interesting thing that's happened to me over the last few weeks. It's a poo that I did a couple of weeks ago. So you've got you've got to check your poo when you do it anyway, no matter what, haven't you? Because it's a sign of mm. your health. And again, Chris, you've read out you've read out. There's a list in there of all all different types of poo that you can check against the the yeah. list. And you look, and you know, I thought by my age I'd have seen everything that I could see after I'd done a poo from you know the horrific. You see blood in there, and you panic or you, you get that fist pumping moment when you've done a really big shit and you're really proud of it. And then, but I locked down the other day, and and this is I sat on I sat on the toilet and it quite literally just fell out of me. It just went plop plop. That was it. Two logs just fell out of me. So I looked down, <laughs> which is always nice. No straining, no nothing. It just fell out of me. And then there's one, and there's, you know, the regular Mars bar. I hope nobody's fucking eating while listening to this. Mars bar. Especially not a Mars bar. Exactly. Mars bar-sized log. And then floating next to it, um, because I do a lot of floaters lately because I've got to change my diet, is is this. And it was shaped like, you know, the egg timers that have got coloured sand in it (laughs) that's sort of bulbous at both ends and really thin in the middle. It was shaped like that. I have never, ever seen a poo like that. And I could have, and I was staring at it going, what the hell? I could have figured it out if I'd got, you know, when you're squeezing one out and it gets sort of stuck and you've got to squeeze your sphincter and snap it off. (laughs) Yeah. 
I could have figured if I was halfway through doing it and I had to do that and then stopped and squeezed the rest out, but I didn't. It just fell out of me and it was just like, it was just like a, a Mars bar-sized um, egg timer. It was. I was quite proud of it. I wish I'd taken a photograph of oh, it. I was really. going to say you should have done because I, I should. Have I done. have very occasionally taken a picture of my dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I've been particularly proud of size as much as anything. Oh yes, yeah, that's always a good one. Yeah. When, when it when it when it's when it's gone round the U bend and it's just but it's rising out of the water like um, one of those pictures of the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> and you look at it and you go, "That's almost as tall as me." Where's it been? <laughs> yeah, I was tempted to do that with uh, Lucy's poo. Talking about Lucy um, the other day because she is known to block the toilet with the size of her shit. And I'm thinking, you know, how the hell did that come out of your arse? I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on it, you know, because she's eight. But at the same time, it's like, fuck me. It's like, it, it is, ju- I mean, you know, it's just one massive giant log. And you're thinking, how the hell did that... You know, I was seriously tempted to take a picture of it the other day and send it to my wife. Um, but, I, you know, I, I like to think that there is some romance left in our relationship. <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, you know, I'm kidding myself there. But, you know, it's... Um, but, yeah, hey, is that that's awesome. But you... You, you, put, know you say she's known, sorry. What, to everyone else? Because, like... Other parents, they boast about their kid doing pie to 300 decimal places or writing a novel. <laughs> Do you just go, you see the size of my daughter's shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's known within our household, put it like that. Um, you know, and it's not the thing is, it's it's one of those where I'm not kidding you. I've had to break it up to get it to flush. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, she still reminds me. Um, you know, it's amazing how kids remember because this was probably going back about four years now. But, um, you know... The, the two weeks, I think it was, pretty much that she didn't poo for. And you could tell it was hurting her because of the way she was walking, like, you know. Uh, and then going to the medical centre and then prescribing this uh, uh, suppository, which I had to um, put at my daughter's bottom as she was screaming in agony and going, I don't want it, I don't want it. And then watching her give birth to a turd in front of me—it wasn't pleasant. It scarred me. It's not. It's and well, Dave, you'll understand this having kids that they—it's a special kind of pain, isn't it? <laughs> you endure as a parent, both psychological oh God, and yeah. physical at times. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there you go. Um, don't have children, Adam. I. I I implore you for your own sanity and well-being. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dave, you, you're well anyway. That's good. That's the main thing. Yeah, just waiting on the op. But you're a lot better once you've had the operation. So good days and bad days. All depends. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Good. Like I said, I think 2021 is going to be uh, a good one for you particularly. I know you went through the ringer last year. So yeah, everything's crossed mm-hmm. and uh, it's off to a good start anyway. So that's good. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Adam, how are you? What have you been up to since we last spoke? We uh, we did a... The agony of choice. Um, Where to start? I mean, I can make something up if you want. (laughs) Well, we... So we did our... This ABC of Gaming, by the way, like I said, we we promised, we said that we would do them a bit more regularly, uh, come hell or high water, and, uh, you know, we wanted to do one, so... 
because uh, we did a couple towards the end of last year, didn't we? We did one, yeah, um, the Christmas special, which was the epic Christmas special, and then you and I did the mm-hmm. PlayStation Five special, which uh, just after it came out, so that was good. Um, so yeah, uh, but obviously we've spoken in January because we did the mm-hmm. um, Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Yeah. yeah, we enjoyed that, so that was good. And obviously we're going to be doing more Sledgehammer and more movies, uh, so that's awesome. Um, but yeah, have you been up to anything in particular? Um, oh, let me think. What can I make up off the top of my head? Um, <laughs> I've been to Tibet. Have you? How was it? It was, it was good because I'm thinking of starting up a new business. Uh, when I went to Tibet, I had a guide whose name was... Food on? Yes, food on. And because um, I thought, well, you know, they're quite spiritual up there, so maybe they'll have some good ideas for me to be sort of entrepreneurial and start a business. And I noticed that he had these, you know, well, those, those things, you know, when you uh, walk in snow, they call crampons, the things on your shoes. Yeah. Well, his crampons yeah. were amazing. He could literally walk up vertical ice. So I was going to see if I could come to a deal where I could... Um, borrow his design or, or patent his design for use in this country because he said it was a, an old family like recipe which all sounded good until i found out that all of the little hooks are actually made out of sparrows beaks and <laughs> the, the birds that he used are now really rare so i thought well, that's no good um and then i noticed he was never cold and i looked on his i looked at his head and he had his hat like he had one of those big furry hats and it had a rubber inner so he had like a hot water bottle hat and I thought, I could probably nick that. And now I'm thinking I'm going to make like a hot water bottle gimp suit. So someone can get inside a gimp suit and then it's got a secondary rubbery layer around the outside that'll be joined to the inner layer by some kind of rubber column structure thing on the inside. And then they can fill the outer layer up with hot water and be a gimp and hot at the same time. So uh, yeah, so I came up with that idea. So that was my trip to Tibet. That sounds like a bonus. Yeah. Apart from that, uh, I got older since we last. No, I knew that. No, 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 I didn't. That was before. Oh, I don't fucking nothing. Nothing's open. You did, didn't you? No, it was your birthday, I think, wasn't it? No, but we spoke since then, haven't we? I can't remember. No, I don't, I don't think we are. My brain, my brain's not working tonight. I'm also very tired. I did be back in a bit again as well. That was also fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's. Have you ever been to a chiropractor? Yes. Oh, because I'm sending my wife to one tomorrow just for fun. Um, she, well, she doesn't actually need to go. She doesn't need to go. I just thought, go to a chiropractor because, you know, I want to know what they do. And, and I don't want to go myself. I don't need to go. Um, no, she's got a problem with her shoulder and her back generally that's been giving her some jip for the past sort of 12 months. So uh, I've uh, I've thought, well, why not? I'll, I'll send it to one. But what do they do? What's, what's it like going to a chiropractor? It's mainly they put they well the one I went to they put you on like a weird bed where bits of it raise up and lower down under pressure and they twist you around and press down on stuff. Um, the the um, how do I put it the obese Asian gentleman who I saw first also did acupuncture on me as well. Mm. Um, but then I didn't I didn't like him because I went for a few weeks and I felt like he was doing the same thing. So I swapped to the other uh, practicing chiropractor who was at the clinic who looked a bit like a gangly harry potter-esque person but he was really good and he seemed to do in two weeks what the other bloke had failed to do in about four weeks okay and lots lots of huffing puffing stretching pressing clicking snapping cracking does it hurt um no it it shouldn't there's discomfort obviously because if your back's knackered it's it's gonna hurt Mm. regardless of what you do 
But if they do a decent job, if they, if they can line things up a bit better and get a few pops and cracks and stuff, it's uh, there is an easing. I was a bit, a bit stiff afterwards. Um, Ooh, uh. Yes, yes. I was, I was going to insert a fisting joke. But I thought, <laughs> no, do you know what? I'll keep it sensible. Because this is almost like consumer advice. Didn't they do, uh, you know, offer any extras, you know, a toss or anything like that? No, no, and I wouldn't have accepted it. Like I said, Harry Potter, not really my thing for getting a, an erection to, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah, Although my my want... voice is from the sounds of it. So, yeah, yeah, but I've just I've just got a thing about people with slightly um, spastic ass accents. I suppose. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You should see. I I come like a sprinkler when I watch Goonies when uh, Sloth is on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> the other question I was going to ask you is, uh, hmm. are you okay? Because, <laughs> um, you know, is, is this current situation that we're in getting to you a little bit now? Are you are you all right? No, no, I'm fine. I mean, um, every morning I go outside and I check all my traps and I've usually caught a few stray cats and <laughs> squirrels and mice. And I find that, you know, my collect- what, I, what I do is I get them inside and I sort of skin them and make pencil cases out of the skin. And then I, I sort of get my potato peeler out and I shave bits of flesh off so I can create jerky. So I've got like a like a game wild jerky going on at the moment. But apart from that, yeah, everything's normal. Awesome. Very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Have you been... I've no idea what I'm saying. I'm, I'm really tired today. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching anything of note lately then? Yes. Go on then. Uh same stuff, I think you. you uh, I can't, you, you've already discussed it on on various other shows. Uh, Cobra Kai, Mandalorian. Uh, uh, I'm watching One Division at the moment, uh, mm. and I well realised that the next season of The Expanse was out as well, which I quite like. Mm. So uh, d- I hadn't quite watched uh, series three of uh, Cobra Kai yet when we did, uh, Dave and I did the entertainment show. So uh, I have since watched all of that and uh, loved it. I think it's prob- probably the cheesiest series yet. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it didn't stop it being awesome. And, you know, so much in there for fans of the, the films, you know, to enjoy. Um, and it sets it up beautifully. <clears throat> I mean, you know... Uh, I can't imagine that it's going to go much further than series four. Uh, no. Although you never know. Have you have you watched it, Dave? I've got everybody telling me to watch it. Everybody I recorded with Tom the latest decade of decadence show. He was saying to watch it. Tina's telling me to watch it. <laughs> I've heard you guys saying how great it is. I'm going to have to give in and watch at some stage. Tina said the other day, "We're going to we're going to sit down and watch episode one of Cobra Kai." Like, oh, yeah. Go on then. It's got just the right amount of reference compared to the thing that sold it to me was when Tom, because I'm not a massive fan of the Karate Kid movies. He's a prick. Why would you be? Mm. I was so so I thought you meant the actual Karate Kid kid, not the actual franchise. Oh no, 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 the film. But Tom said that he's got friends who are not big fans of the film, but they like the series, and it's it's only what twenty odd minutes as well. So Uh, no, it's about it it wavers between I'd say thirty and forty. Generally, it's about thirty minutes each episode. I'm going to have to watch it at some stage, but it's it's yeah. one of those. I think I've said it before that um, Kay isn't a massive fan of the Karate Kid films. I mean, uh, she's got a memory like a goldfish when it comes to films. You know, she doesn't even know if she's watched some of them when when I know she has. Um, but um, she likes it 
because she likes the characters. It's funny, and it does it does enough flashbacks so that if you can't remember a reference, it will it will pretty much you know nail it on for you, so you know what the reference is. But mm. uh, yeah, I really really liked it. You know, I think it's funny. It's got its heart and it's right in the right place. You know, and um, it's cool. It's really good. I really like it. Like I said, sets it up so well for the next one. Um, but I would. In some ways, I hope that that's the last one because, you know, I want it to finish. Um, what was the other TV? Sh- oh, Shit's Creek. You know, I want it, <clears throat> want it to finish mm-hmm. where it naturally ends and it, it, instead of just, oh, well, let's see if we can drag it out for another series. You know what I mean? Uh, and then yeah. it kind of takes the shine off it uh, a little bit. So, well, it feels like if, if, they, if they're still going back and still, you know, if everything's coming full circle, sort of. You know, as in all three films are going to be mentioned. I think, yeah, it feels like it's got one more series in it, and I'm looking forward to it. You, you'll know why I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. I I'm mean, hoping they could carry on, I guess, and bring fucking you know Hillary Swank in uh, at some point, but I, <laughs> I doubt that. Um, I don't. I think I don't think that's canon. Oh, isn't it? See, well, I, I've never seen I, it, so I, I don't you, know. Well, no, in the, only in the world of this show, because it seems to be in this one that Mr. Miyagi carried on living there and then was still around Daniel until he died. Mm. Unless, like I said, unless he went off and had a you know summer holiday and during that time he eloped with another student. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian? I really, really loved it. In the end, it, weirdly, it took me a little while to get into it and I'm still, I still can't quite put my finger on why. I think it's because I, I was expecting more of a, I don't know, every week to kind of carry on from each other a bit more and a bit more of an overarching plot that was sort of ever present throughout the whole thing. Whereas half the episodes are the A-team stroke littlest hobo in space. Hmm. It took, yeah, it, took, it just, you know, this week I'm help, you know, I've gone to a planet. Half the episodes, he actually achieves nothing because he goes somewhere to find some information of some description ends up getting into some conflict between a local vagabond and a group of weird fruit farmers or something, gets that all sorted, doesn't find out what he wanted, and has to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but I like it, but no, but I ended up liking that because it's it's kind of a throwback at the same time mm. to how, how TV used to be. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but I did I did love it, you know. <clears throat> and again, it was another one that we watched with Kay, and she liked it, and she's not a huge Star Wars fan, so... That yeah, t- same here, to be honest, but that's not with Kay, with, with Becca, she liked it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not a huge fan of Kay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. Uh, no, oh, I'm and, also, and like you, I also watch the credits, because I, I, I love the... I love the uh, style of the end credits. Oh, well. the artwork's beautiful. Yeah, mm. it really is. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, stuff I'd like to have and put up on my wall, you know, or, or have hanging in my house somewhere. Um, what was the other thing that you said you'd watched? Uh, uh, the Expanse. Not that. Uh, there was something else. I'm sure there was. Dave? Uh, what you said? Kai. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did surprise myself yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, I watched Bumblebee. Oh, I've watched that. What did you think? And I liked it, which surprised me as much as anything surprised me in the last 10 years. Ooh. Because Michael Bay's Transformer films, they are the, they're the equivalent of waking up in a swimming pool full of elephant afterbirths. <laughs> <They're> absolute... <laughs> 
bloody, horrible, squishy messes of films. They're awful. But uh, he didn't direct this one, did he? Which is no. probably why it actually works. Yeah. It worked for me anyway. It, again, that was it, almost like a... Reminded me of sort of a... I don't know, like like an 80s film, like a short circuity type thing or... Um, I don't know. But it's a nice simple plot. Girl and her pet robot, essentially, for a mm. while. But uh, You could see what was going on in the action scenes. It made sense. It wasn't just a blurry mess of cogs and springs and bits of metal. It was a... Uh, it seemed to be filmed by someone who knows how to make a film and not just a, mu- a shit music video. Uh, someone had actually written a script for it, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and even I mean, you got like the music was awesome in as well because uh, yeah. a lot of eighties kind of reference uh, in terms of the music. Have you seen Bumble- Bumblebee, uh, Dave? Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I was like Adam that. Transformers films are just a load of shit, aren't mm. they? But this this was all yeah. right, yeah. I mean, what Mark Kermode, you know, he's there's some uh, quite funny rants of his where he's talking about Michael Bay and Transformers and, you know, the sort of like sexualization of a kid's um, cartoon, essentially, you know, and a lot of the upskirt stuff that he likes to do and, mm. you know, and uh, sort of drooling, you know, get the camera drooling over the, the women that are in it and all this, that and the other. I mean, I didn't mind the first Transformers films, but I remember seeing the second one at the cinema and it just gave me a headache, it, it, you know. And it, I, I like stupid action films as much as the next person, but that was just relentlessly loud and just too much you know what i mean and after that i haven't bothered watching any others so i was kind of like it was one of those i sat down with lucy um on a friday night and we sat and we watched it and we both enjoyed it and i think that's the thing isn't it it sort of reminded you that it's actually supposed to be a bit of a kids film as well you know and the best kids films are ones where there's stuff in there for, for adults to like as well you know that um or it's a little bit sort of you know scary or you know what i mean um funnily enough we watched Van Helsing um, last week and now that was one of the first films that Kay and I went to watch when we we started going out you know in uh, 2004 and I I have generally you know I won't say fond memories of it but I thought it was okay but this is probably the first time I've watched it since then God, it's a fucking shit film. <laughs> it's you know it's really bad. I mean, the seat that you know the the visual effects haven't aged well at all. But it's a fucking crap film. It's terrible. Yeah, if, you t- if you take away that back row of the cinema and the uh, missing, you know, f- wandering fingers, it's uh, not quite as fun. <laughs> Definitely not. Sorry, Dave. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. It. That dropped through the letterbox here a few days ago for us to review. It's got an upcoming Blu-ray release. Shall I, shall I do it now? <laughs> it's bollocks. Uh, do you want me to send it to you to review? <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, well, actually, I could write something up for you, I guess, unless you desperately want to do it. Um, but no, anyway. Um, have you? I know we talked recently, um, Dave, but uh, you know, uh, is there anything new that you have watched? I'll tell you what I have watched since we last spoke. Um, we've watched a mm. couple of epi- couple of episodes of uh, We Are the Champions, uh, which oh, is on Netflix. Uh, so, is that that old game show for? Um, wasn't that a game show for like kids with one leg to go swimming and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> you must have done, surely. No, the only one I remember, like when I was a kid, was uh, one where um, 
it was for kids and it was on kids TV. I think it was on BBC One. And they used to have like uh, like the physical challenges, the mental challenges, a bit like the Krypton Factor for kids. But then they'd have them playing mm. um, like um, hyper sports or track and field or something like that. You know what I mean? Do you remember yeah. that? That was on, oh, what the fuck was that called? Anyway, never mind. No, I don't remember that one about one-legged kids swimming. <laughs> I think it was for, yeah, I think it was for the less athletically abled or brain-abled people to uh, take part in. Okay. Uh, I don't remember that one. I'll have to look it up. Um, <laughs> they rebooted it for Netflix then. As a... <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is... Um, the Dave recommended this on the entertainment show, and it, I think there's six episodes, and uh, it is basically about the, the, the most bizarre things that you can think of um, that people make a big deal out of. And the first episode is um, <clears throat> about the cheese rolling... Yeah, I remember you saying about this, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said that, because I, I didn't catch it when I was listening to the show, and I was thinking, what, what was that? Because you said, as long as, if you watch Eddie, just watch the first episode at least, didn't you? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, and then there's uh, an episode on chili eating, a chili eating competition, uh, and then there's ones about yo-yo uh, competition, hairstyling, uh, frog jumping, uh, and that's actually with real frogs. Um, we haven't watched that one yet. So we watched the first two. So we watched the cheese rolling, uh, which is an old traditional thing that happens in England yeah. um, where people uh, roll a cheese down a hill and then they have to just fucking leg it down to the bottom of the hill and uh, in about, you know, 10 seconds or whatever. And it's just mental. I mean, I was watching it behind a cushion. I mean, I don't generally... I mean, we watch You've Been Framed, you know, together as a family or whatever, because it's quite funny watching people maiming themselves, um, you know. And it's taught me one thing, is never to buy a trampoline, um, you know, because they're death traps. Um, and so anyway, so... But this is just mental. I mean, you are seeing people sprinting down this, sh like, sheer steep hill and just it's unreal i mean in slow motion watching these people coming down and just you think how the fuck do they not break their necks it's it's crazy um so there's that one we watched the chili eating competition um which again uh, is is you know this thing in america where they talk to this guy who who um grows his own chilies and then, you know, kind of um, cross-pollinates them and all this kind of stuff, you know, making these super, super chilies, you know, that don't have... They go off the Scoville unit, apparently, you know, the the, the, the tests that they do to test how hot things are. Um, it You know, it's like one of the chilies was over a million... I think it was 1.6 million Scovilles, it was, or, or whatever they, what it is they do. Um, and, and then they create these new ones that haven't even been tested, which are supposed to be like you know, hotter than the hottest one in the world. Um, and it, again, it was quite, it was awesome. Again, watching it going, oh my God, you know, these people are just sweating and crying, eating these really hot chilies. Um, so yeah, that was quite fun. Um, but yeah, have you seen anything new? Have you watched anything new that you want to tell us about, Dave? Yeah, just the, the other night we watched the first episode of uh, Snowpiercer on Netflix, which have either of you seen the film? Yes. No. Mm. What did you think of the film, Adam? Weird. It wasn't. It wasn't mm. quite what I expected, but I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was the same here. 
definitely not what we expected. And we sort of, yeah, that was that was pretty good, yeah. pretty good. So that took my attention. I didn't know a series had been made of it. In fact, this is series two that's just gone up on Netflix. So we watched episode one the other night and it was good. You know, it held our attention and it's again carries on the story of it's set in the future and the whole planet's covered in ice and everybody's on this i think it's like a thousand carriage train that's circling the earth and they've got to keep moving and up at the front there's all the rich people and down at the back is all the poor people that have jumped on board before the train set off and uh yeah it was good it's worth watching so it'll be interesting to see if it you know me and television if it's if it gets past episode three it's it's done well so that'll mm. be good and yeah youtube youtube's a big thing still for me morning have my cup of tea pop youtube on um video game channels there's a couple that i really like there's one called switch up for all nintendo switch news and the, the best thing about it is they have i think it's like at least once a week they have a video about all the all the stuff that's gone on sale in the switch store which we know we've talked about on WhatsApp, haven't we? It's an absolute fucking ball ache to get around. So it helps seeing these videos and you go, oh, I didn't know that was on sale. So you can go and just jump onto that. So that's really good, switch up. And I think my favourite video game related channel is, uh, I always say this wrong, for years and years and years I was watching it and I thought, I always thought it was called Gamer Anks. So it's it's G-A-M-E-R-A-N-X. And I read it as... Gamer Anks. And it's not, it's Game Ranks. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only about, what, back end of last year. And he says it at the beginning of the show. Oh, you know, this is Game Ranks. But I, in my head, I kept hearing it as, as Gamer Anks for some fucking stupid reason. But they put videos up every day. And the Friday video takes you through all the video game news. Uh, and they do ones... I mean, they do the usual like, top 10 stuff, but they do before you buy about games and everything. So I'd say that's my favourite one because it covers... Because I've got a Switch and a PS4. And even though it covers PC and Xbox and all of that, but it's I find all the videos that they put up really watchable. So, yeah, the YouTube channels that I subscribe to, it's nice to see, you know, a new Jonathan Pie going up there or something like that. It's always good. Mm. Yeah, I, I watch a fair bit of YouTube as well. And it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, you could end up going down a rabbit hole of just watching it all day. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, God, yeah. yeah. The, the other week, I mean, I've got no interest at all, but for some reason I ended up watching a, a quite a few videos about um, wood lathing. <laughs> no idea why. I think to, rather, rather than subscription, I went to home and it, occasionally it just pops a random video and I'm like, why is that there? More often than not, I'll end up watching it, which kind of poisons everything, but yeah. You know, I was watching people uh, lathe uh, lamps out of old stumps and resin. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this world needs the, to get uh, back to normal. <laughs> that reminded me as well. Um, I recommended him on an entertainment show a few months back. The Australian guy, I don't know if you remember, Chris, called Bo Miles. Mm. And he's put a few more videos up recently. I know, and he is so watchable. And uh, yeah, he's just so laid back. But he does all stuff with wood that's what just reminded me <laughs> but yeah search for Bo miles on uh, on youtube he's really good to watch mm. <clears throat> excellent um right then so um well, that is nothing else is there should we should we move on to some games mm. yes? why not yeah why not yes. right we'll yes. be back in a moment let me tell you about a very special place planet we call Craft World. Oh, I do love 
Right, there you go. That was, um, well, some shit I just put in. I don't know what. Um, so, anyway, uh, let's talk about some video games that have been keeping us entertained for the past uh, few weeks. So, we'll go in alphabetical order. So, Adam, what has been... Well, we'll go around the horn, because I, I like that. Uh, yes, we've heard you like to go around the horn. Oh, I do. Yes, circling that horn, you dirty beast. <laughs> uh, right, so, Adam, tell us about a better game that's you've been enjoying, or one that you've not been enjoying the problem is i can't remember what i've talked about in the, in the last two shows um had i finished red dead 2 yes because right, we'll you, you were saying we'll that um it was nice you wanted to get it finished before the release oh, of the shit, ps5 yeah. and then I it was didn't. nice that uh you know when you put it into the ps5 it didn't sound like it was taking off so yeah okay right we'll skip that one then okay um how far had I got in Spider-Man at the time? Uh, not that far, I don't think, because uh, it was relatively new. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, compl- completed that. Yeah. As did you. You platinumed, pl- 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 it, didn't you? This is uh, Miles Morales. Oh yeah. yes, Mar- Miles Morales. Yes. Um, yeah, cracking game. If you like Spider-Man, you'll like Miles Morales. You possibly might like Miles Morales better because it uh, streamlines it somewhat. So, yeah, there's a lot, le- lot less faffing in the world. A lot less busy work, and it's over in about what, eight to twelve hours. Would that be a reasonable guess? Yeah, I think so. Depending on yeah. how much side stuff you do and whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's one of those that um, we talked about it briefly. You know, in the PS Five show because we both played a bit of it, and and like you said, uh, I've played through it twice for the platinum. So. Um, you know, um, got to see, I guess, a, 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 you know, fully. Um, and, yeah, I think I probably tend to agree with you. I mean, as much as I did love Spider-Man, um, it did have a lot of extra shit in there, which, again, you didn't necessarily need to do. But uh, if you wanted to level up your character and, you know, do, get, unlock loads of different things, then you kind of did have to, to do it, if you know what I mean. Um so, whereas this, I think it's a bit like Uncharted, isn't it? You know, in yeah, some ways. Lost Legacy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Lost Legacy was a shorter game than Uncharted 4, and I think probably better for it. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, 
Oh, uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing. And because uh, then they did a patch, didn't they? Because at the time, they, they had two game modes in there. They had like the, the 60 FPS mode, but no ray tracing. And then they had the ray tracing, but at 30 FPS. Um, but then after that, they did a patch where I think you could have the ray tracing and 60 FPS. But I think yeah. they, they dropped the resolu- resolution down. Um, and interestingly, because um, I played the game predominantly um, in 60 FPS mode because I prefer preferred playing like that you know whereas you played it with all the ray tracing on so it's interesting yeah. you know did you try the 60 fps mode at all did that because you get you've said before that you're um not fussed about all that which is fair enough uh you know and and people get too hung up on all that bollocks but oh, I think uh, do. but y- I you think know it depends on the game um yeah. i think all of the like all of the first party stuff from sony's always generally been 30 frames and it, you know, Spider-Man works perfectly well on the PlayStation 4 at 30 frames, so I figured the same for this. I never felt it was laggy at all when I played the first one, and I didn't feel Mars Morales was laggy at 30 frames. I just wanted all the bells and whistles mm-hmm. at the time. Now you, you've got the halfway house, but I wanted the, yeah, I wanted the ray tracing, I wanted the resolution, I wanted to, wanted to see, you know, see it sing a little bit more, I think. So that's uh, why I did it. Yeah. So I don't, and I don't regret it. Well, good for you. Um, so yeah, it, it was. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was. It's a great one. I mean, um, it is out on PS4. Is it? Are you hanging on for the PS5, Dave, or are you tempted to try it on PS4? I was tempted to try it on PS4, but I think I'm going to wait till I get a PS5. But I would like to know: is it set in the same game world as Spider-Man? So, because I, I platinum Spider-Man, loved it. So are you still whipping around the same city and you've got the same reference points, you know, if you got to know that city off by heart? Yes. Or is it a completely different? It is same the same city, city yeah. a different time of year. So there, okay. there, there is there is enough visual difference there, but um, it's still, yeah, it's still just as much fun. It's as much fun to traverse the world and the fighting is a lot, I'd say the fighting's a lot better in Mars Morales. Hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. Yeah, because he's got slightly different powers, hasn't he, to uh, yeah. Peter Parker. So, you know, he's you, got more. I know, I know, he's got invisible powers, which is defensive. But a lot of the stuff's quite aggressive, and I like to be aggressive in those games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it, and I think because we uh, said that, you know, when inevitably Spider Man Two comes out, that you kind of it's it is going to add in a lot of the extra stuff isn't it you know all the collectibles and side stuff and there is yeah. an element of that in Miles Morales but just not as much um and i don't think it's not you, you can't ex- can you explore the whole of new york that you could before or um is it just a, yeah, a section still, of it it's, no you can still do the whole island can't you? it's just it's still separated by the bridges i mean i don't know what they're going to do for the second one cuz you can't set a third game in that exact same bit again so whether they're going to move him somewhere else i don't know spider-man operation miami beach or something i don't know but um hello yes i'm listening i thought everyone fucking died (laughs) 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 but yeah um even if i don't think you could even just get away with opening the bridges up so you can go across the water i think they need to change location a bit Mm. yeah for, for another game yeah i know what you mean um Awesome, very good. Um, right, uh, well, I guess it's it's me now, isn't it? Um, so yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of fly through a few of these. I won't spend too much time talking about them, but I'll, I'll spend a bit more time talking about others. But um, I've gone through and I've platinumed The Last of Us Part Two. Um, Hold we- on, I thought you were waiting 
until a patch came out. Well, comes out. you say, yeah. So it's one of those that um, I didn't know when that was going to happen. And I thought, well, I, I might as well do it, you know. And it, mostly the only thing that I was missing were the collectibles. Um, and then, so as the, the day after I finished it, which was yesterday, um, I, I read on the Metro uh, today that there's a, a patch coming. <laughs> I'm like fuck's sakes um but you know i may well play through it again because i'll, I'll be completely honest with you with uh, this time round, um i didn't watch any of the cutscenes. i'll skip through all of them um and also you, you're possibly going to think i'm a twat for doing this but um one of the things i mean the, the accessibility options in this game are unreal i mean i read somewhere that i think you can complete it or you can play it if you're blind <laughs> you know what i mean it's 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 kind of crazy you know and what, what some of the stuff that they do in the the game is um so if you want visual cues as to where to go you can click in the left stick uh if you can totally change the color palette of the whole game so uh it highlights where things are so if you swipe left on the touchpad um it will change essentially it will highlight enemies in red and it will highlight collectibles in yellow bright yellow um and the whole screen changes to sort of like a bluey color so it it's it's one of those where you know because I was following a guide to collect, get all the collectibles, um, <clears throat> but then I was switching the game, so I played again uh, quite a lot of the game on this this color palette, which you know I've never done before. But then when I switched back, because you know I realised that or I read that you know you've come through to the end of all the collectibles, you know you just play through to the end of the level. Um, switching back to the the regular graphics i mean it's a stunning looking game you know it really is i mean so if, dave i don't think you've played it have you no i played the first one mm -hmm. not played the second one no. have you got any interest in it at all or uh, i don't know i completed the first one but that was because of the story the gameplay got on my tits a little bit it was those i don't know what they're called the thing that clicky noisy clickers things and yeah, there was a there was a, a section in the first game where you've got to sneak through this restaurant that really got on my tits. Mm. And the, the game is, and it's like, oh, I know people will be shouting at me for this, but Naughty Dog games, I can't get on with them. I don't know what it is. I love the stories out of all of them because I've played all the games. Gameplay never clicks with me at all. Mm. And I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but I don't enjoy the gameplay side of it, but I enjoy the stories that they do. Mm. I mean, you, you can. I'm the same with Bethesda, so yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. You, you can knock all the difficulty down and everything else, um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing that like I said, the note I noticed of it is that um, it is a an amazing looking game. You know, it it just it looks so gritty. And one of the things that I said, you know, is because you can skip the cutscenes, like you you um, pause it, and then it'll give you the option when a cutscene comes up, but. There were a lot of times where I paused the game and there wasn't a cutscene because a lot of it's, it's in, in in engine, and that just goes to show you that the cutscenes are as good as what's in the game. You know, in a lot of the, the sections, mm -hmm. it just looks awesome. Um, you know, and so th this it's one of those where to get the platinum, you know, you you, uh, you have to play through it twice because um, you have to level up your character fully and level up or upgrade all the weapons fully and you can't do that in one playthrough even if you found all of the the um the pills that you take or the bits that you pick you find to 
you know, uh, make your weapons better, etc. Uh, so you do have to play through it twice. But it's kind of like I played through it, I think I did it in about 10 hours this time round because I was just, you know, knew what I was doing, or, you know, following this guide or whatever. But um, it's, it, it is, I mean, you know, obviously some of the stuff I, I did watch, some of the cutscenes I did watch and... Just a really, really grown-up, powerful game. You know, a lot of people accuse, you know, games of being childish and and you know for kids, etc. But this is just on another level in terms of storytelling and visuals and just a you know remarkable game. I I think, and I think Adam, you feel the same. Oh, absolutely, completely. Although, how you've described your platinum and plat- platinum, I can't speak. Your plat- platinumization of the game. Yes. Um, that's kind of deflated me a little bit because I thought by getting the platinum, maybe you had to play through like on that ultra hard mode where you get one life and if you die, it do- it basically starts you from the start of the game again. Yeah, you but can you've do said, that. Oh, I turned on all the accessibility options. I had a guide. <laughs> you know, I just paid someone to do it for you, essentially. No, I still had to play through it myself. But, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, the, yeah, there so is. Yeah, a... I won a hundred. I won the gold at the hundred meters at the Olympics. Yeah, I got someone else to assassinate all of the other runners first. <laughs> it takes the shine off it. Yeah, yeah the grounded mode is separate. Um, you know that is apparently, right. like you said, uh, one life perma death if you die. That would be extremely stressful. Oh. Imagine if you. Oh no! I found that game quite stressful in places. Anyway, I, knowing that if you if I got more than half an hour into that or an hour through that, I would be too stressed to play that for fear of death. Yeah, it was. It's. I mean, you know, I thought that some of the most stressful games would be like the Dark Souls games, but you know, doing that with knowing you've only got one life. I mean, it would in some ways. You know, what makes the Dark Souls games and Demon Souls whatever is the fact that death is is highly likely and around the corner you know and you are vulnerable so i suppose playing a game like the last of us in the style and the setting and the story that it's you know it's there and knowing that you are extremely vulnerable it just heightens the 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 you know the tension but i don't think i'd ever do that (laughs) that's all uh but no the point the reason why i brought that up was because talking about you know the whole kind of like uh, 30 frames 60 frames debate and all that because that game is in you know it's it's 30 frames but the thing is it kind of suits it almost yeah I think if the camera was whipping around really smoothly and quickly I don't know I don't know I I mean it's weird because obviously Demon Souls which I've played a, a, a little bit of um, on the PS5 that is um, all 60 frames but the thing is because I think that's a fighting game and you need that quick you know sort of almost twitchy movement to uh to defend yourself and attack it suits that better but because there's a lot of slower moments like you said dave where you are perhaps hiding and using stealth a bit more um then you know uh it, it probably suits that slower pace so yeah but anyway well, that's, but, P- that's all pc wankers fault though isn't it it is and digital, you foundry. See the digital foundry videos where it's like they're playing they, they will be playing something i don't know like uh control or something on the pc and it's like mm, we've got 175 frames a second and the camera's <laughs> whipping around like a michael bay film and it to me it just it makes the whole thing just look funny mm. uh, I, I like to be immersed and just whipping everything around so ridiculously quickly to kind of destroys the the feel of things mm. for me yeah 
yeah. Uh, but there you go. Uh, right, so Dave, what have you been up to? I think your gaming time's mm. kind of, uh, it's gone down a little bit. It's very- Drastically from last year. Yeah, it's gone to two hours at a weekend now. <laughs> it's all I get for gaming at the moment. But the last game that I completed was Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh, Ooh. tell me, because that is the next game that I've got on my list to play. Yeah, I've got oh. that on my list as well still. Yeah, well, I, it was one of those that's been in my library since, I think I got it when it came out. And I, it was one of those that I started it, and then the new Shiny came out, and I stopped playing it, and didn't play it for years. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll start playing it, I'll stick with it, and I'll complete it, which I did. I got to the end of it. The thing with it is, I know what my mistake was. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have done, because I went straight from playing Ghost of Tsushima which I platinumed and really enjoyed and went straight into this. And I found, personally, I don't know if it works for you two, but if I go from one big uh, open world game mm. into another, I need something in between. Yeah, just to sort completely. Of, yeah, just to sort of, you know, clear the taste buds, as it were. So I went, I completed the Ghost of Tsushima, everything on it, everything that you can do, loved it, went straight into this, and I'd say, I don't know, easily about four times it got to a point and I thought, do I want to continue? Should I continue? Um, and I did. It did seem a little bit samey as far as the combat goes. And it's like most big third-person open-world action-adventure games you've got. You can play it stealthily or you can go in. You've got melee attacks. You've got um, long-range attacks. Uh I think it was the world, because I'd gone from that absolutely beautiful world in Ghost of Tsushima. Don't get me wrong, the world in Horizon Zero Dawn is beautiful, but I found it a little bit sterile because it was the robot monster things. Um, and it just didn't click with me like I wanted it to. And the story wasn't as good as Ghost of Tsushima. I should have played some in, in the middle, which was my own fault. I should have known. So... Um, I think I'll go back to it because there's stuff, you know, games like that and the Assassin's Creed games and all that. They're so bloody big and there's loads of like side missions to do all the time. So there's still a lot of, there's even sections of the world I haven't even visited yet. I've completed the story, but there's sections of the map that's just still greyed out. So I think at some point I'll go back to it and sort of revisit it. I don't think I'll play the game from the beginning again, but I'll just you know, look at the missions and whatever I've not done and, and see the rest of the world that I've not done. So it was good, but not as good as it should have been for me because it's had like glowing reviews everywhere, hasn't it? You know, everybody raves about it, but I think I, I did it wrong, really. So, yeah, that would be my advice to, to you two if you haven't played it, and especially if you're going from a, a big open world game, just play something in the middle, you know, a puzzle game or, I don't know, some really different and then go into it would be my tip it's really weird that you say that because i've kind of done the same thing with ghost of tsushima really yeah. oh, okay because I, I went straight from uh red dead um yeah i did all right i did mars at the, at the same time i had uh, mars morales on the go and i started ghost of tsushima and i don't think i was ready for another open world game just yet i think mm-hmm. i'm just about there now because i played enough other bits and bobs but I played that. I I know I'll like that game, but I don't think I just wasn't in that massive open world gaming thing mood straight after Red Dead. Yeah, I I, I like you definitely need to cleanse my palate from for a few small things first. 
Yeah, I think it's worth doing, definitely. Because, I mean, I love open world games. They're probably like my favourite ones. And Tina as well, she devours them. She's spent, I think she's got, because she completed Assassin's Creed Origins. And then she's, I think the last save that she did on Assassin's Creed Odyssey was like about 240 hours or wow. something. She's pointed out. that. She's, yeah, she just loves like third-person open-world games because, uh, of course, she's dying to get Valhalla, but she's going to have to wait till end of the year when we get a PS5 for that because we said, oh, even though you can get it on the PS4, we said games like that, we're going to wait for the PS5 and play them on there. Well, the things like the loading times make a lot of difference, you know, mm. particularly with open-world games, I've noticed, um, you know, so it's... It's worth it, I think, you know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's me bleating on about, oh, I don't care if it's 30 seconds, but Ghost of Tsushima's 60 seconds on, 60 seconds, 60 frames a second on PS5, and it feels lovely. But then I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like I said, that's more of a fighting game, isn't it? You know, so I think yeah. maybe. Well, yeah, well, certainly, certainly there are certainly parts of fighting in it. I mean, I, I, I did do, I probably got two or three hours in and... I think for me, when I go from one big open world to another, I find it hard to accept another giant world straight away that doesn't feel like the last one I've been in. Yeah. doesn't play quite by the same rules. It, it confuses my poor brain. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, tell us what your thoughts on Ghosts of Tsushima, because again, that's another one I've got to play at some point this year. But um, like you, I think I'm going to sort of stretch them out a little bit because I also want to play, or I've been playing a bit of um, Star Wars Fallen Order, um, and that's sort of, you know, open world to a certain extent. It's more split into levels, but it's quite a big game uh, in some ways. So, but I, I think with those three types of games, I want to split them up a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know you loved Ghost of Tsushima. So what did you love about it? Oh, I loved everything about it. It took, I've got to admit, it took a little while to grow on me. The more that I played it, the more that I got into the story, the better the story got. Because at the beginning I thought, is this it? Um, and then it did. It got a lot, lot better. Uh, it even drew me in with the photo mode, which was reading. Everybody was saying, oh, you'll start taking photographs of everything. And I've never bothered with photo mode in any game. But yeah, once you get into it in this, it is quite addictive. You find yourself, uh, up until this point, there's games like Red Dead, where you, where you find yourself, especially the first Red Dead, where you stop within the game world and you just sort of look around because it's so beautiful. In this, it was, I think, the most beautiful game that I've seen and the most that I stopped playing just to look around the place and take pictures and all of that. It also had one of the most emotional bits in a video game too that hit me, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's something that happens partway through the game and it's like, yeah, I got a bit choked with it. It's like, what? What? That's mm. happened that you don't expect. But uh, yeah, really got invested in the characters. Uh, the game world is a good size. The story's well written and you know, they just really involved in the whole world and the character of it. There's more to it than just pretty, pretty gaff graphics and all of that. Uh, you can play it stealthily. I did a few levels stealthily, but uh, it's very satisfying combat and because you've got these different stances in it, they work really well. And then another point during the game, there's this power that's unlocked that I didn't know about that takes you by surprise. And that's pretty kick-ass when you get that. And you go, fuck yes. And you're unleashing this weird power all around it. And the fact that platinum it says a lot, because I don't 
usually bother with that, but I wanted to see everything that had got. So I went to the trophy list and went, oh, okay, what do I need to do now? And let's, let's see everything, which I'm glad I did because it took me to parts of the island that are really remote and that you wouldn't normally go to hmm. and saw different things there. Uh, so I think you, if you're playing it for the first time on PS5 as well, it's going to look and play even better still. But yeah, it's one of my favourite games of the past few years, easily. Mm, awesome. How long did it take you to finish, roughly, would you say? Oh, to play them, it, I... 30-odd hours at a, at a wild guess. That's not um, bad, considering it's, maybe it's open 40. world. Yeah, maybe 40 hours. Um, but I did sort of do everything. I wasn't rushing through stuff. Um, took my time and looking at it. Yeah, maybe about 40 hours at, at, a, at a guess. Yeah. Well worth it, though, yeah. Well worth every minute. Mm, awesome. Mm. More excited to play now. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> Adam, back to you. Ooh, uh, Sackboy, Sackboy's Big Adventure. Ooh, right. I, can, I can knock that off my list. Yeah. Yeah. Com- played and completed two-player with Rebecca on that one. Um, nice. I thought it's a great platformer. It's a, re- it's a really good platformer. It? Um, if you go by the Little Big Planet games... Um, the biggest change I think they've got is they've they've managed to make Sackboy feel and control right for a platforming game because in um, Little Big Adventure games is always really really sort of floaty and uh, not really in touch with his with the world he's inhabiting. But they they I think is it Sumo did Sumo Sumo Digital who made this one? Yes, I believe so. Yes, uh, they've they've um, altered all the the feel of Sackboy so he he controls and feels much like you'd expect a, a 3D platform character to fit, uh, control and feel like now, so that's good. Uh, the plot is mainly nonsensical, evil thing, threatening stuff. You've got to jump around lots of different levels, um, collecting stuff and beating bosses. It just does that Mario thing quite well of getting new ideas on levels, uh, maybe using it for one or two levels, and then you might not come across it again. So I, yeah, I constantly found sources of joy while playing it. Mm. Um, oh yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was going to be okay, but it turned out to be very good for me. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I haven't completed it yet, but I've played quite a few levels, and cause I was playing it with Sophie because it's got that look of it being quite mm. a cutesy platformer, you know, that's uh, you know, for kids and whatever. Ooh, it's quite challenging in places. It is quite challenging in places, and it does, like you said, introduce different things for you to sort of get to grips with and master. And and you know, I was finding bits of it which are tricky. I suppose the one good thing about it is that um, you have, I think it's about five sort of lives to share yeah. between the two of you, but you can get more as the levels go on because there's things you can find and you can fight enemies and stuff like that. And you know, that's how you can get extra. Um, lives as you go on so if you do die then you just get brought back um, and it does give you a little clacks and warning if if you both if you don't to your last life um, but it, yeah it is quite tricksy in places but I mean there are some amazing uh, musical levels that reminded yeah. me of um, Rayman you know yeah. like Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends um, but, and, and th- these are like licensed tracks you know where I think there's a Bruno Mars um one uh which you know the, the the as you progress through the level the music you know just enhances what you're doing it's it's really really good isn't it you know yeah the yeah there's there's britney spears toxic oh uh, i don't know if i've got to that one yet I mean, oh you haven't you mean you haven't got to uh let's dance bowie as well no yeah. did i did i 
oh, uh, I'm trying to think. There's another one as well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think now as well. Fuck. <laughs> I can't remember, but they're good. <laughs> they are really good. But like you, I'm not a massive fan of Little Big Planet. I just, mm. uh, it's just never done anything for me, and it does feel a bit floaty, like the, um, uh, you know the. The jumping and everything, but in this, yeah. they've totally nailed it, and it's a great looking game. Uh, you know, yeah. it looks fantastic. All the so, materials and everything look lovely. Yeah. Uh, so Especially yeah, the carpet, nice looking carpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like your rugs, don't you? I, I don't do know what, like a bit of rug. Yeah. Where I was going with that? Oh, the Jungle Boogie by Cool and the Gang. Yes, that's, yes, that's, yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. Just looking now. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm. Um, spoiling it for myself because I'm seeing what's, what's to come uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah that's cool awesome um, how was it difficult in two player did you get frustrated with because I've got a game I want to talk about two player which you've played with Rebecca which I think you ended up shouting at each other lots uh, I got frustrated with her in, the, in Little Big Planet as well because yes it's lovely that you have five lives and so you realise you're sharing them and then when, when you lose three of them and you've done nothing wrong it's it's quite quite irritating. So uh, yeah, there was quite a few times. I think if you click the right stick in, then the other player can sort of becomes prone and they float behind the other player through the difficult bits. But it does mean if I then fucked up, then we have to start for the last checkpoint again. Uh, Whereas if, if I cocked up and died, there was always a very slim chance that she'd get through that section and then bring me back at the next checkpoint. Just out of interest, because you played the um, the last Mario game. In two player, didn't you? Um, du, 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 which one was that? On the Switch, they did. They released it on the Wii U, and then they did a. They released it on the Switch as well. I forget which one it is. It's the two D platform. Oh, uh, new Super Christ, new Super Mario Brothers Wii three D Deluxe Switch Edition, or whatever it's called. Yeah, some bollocks. Yeah. But how would you say it compares with that? I know it's a slightly different viewpoint and everything, but you know, I'd say it's. I'm I'm talking more of a like a co y type experience. Um, it's hard to say because in Mario you have got the option on the Switch version um, I think they put two extra characters you could choose from one of them has got infinite lives but can still get hit and there's one who just basically has no collision detection at all hmm. so they always get through the level which was what she used a few times in the game um, I preferred I preferred Sackboy but I think that's only because as good as the Mario Brothers game was, it, in some respects, it's a very Mario by Mario by numbers game. Yeah, yeah. So it's they're not trying anything out of the ordinary in that one. It's it very much follows the structure of more or less every two D Mario game as far yeah. as levels and that go. There's a few bits here and there, but it's not like an Odyssey or anything like that where they try something new. Mm. Are you going to grab Super Mario 3D World when it comes out? Or whatever? Uh, yes, yeah, because yeah. I've never I've never played it, and I've heard it's a very good thing. And the Bowser's Fury bit looks mad and weird, so yeah. I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, now I played that on the Wii U, and it is a very very good um, Mario game. Like I said, with it being sort of that 3D isometric type viewpoint as well, which is mm. awesome. Uh, cool, right? So I'll, as I mentioned it, um, I'll, I'll chuck a couple in here, but I've been playing for review uh, Overcooked All You Can Eat version, which is out on the PS5, which is um, basically Overcooked One and Two and all the DLC together, and it's all like 4K and all this kind of bollocks. Um, so I've played a bit of Overcooked before, 
Um, not played much of Overcooked 2, so this is the first time I've been playing that, and I've not played any of the DLC. But I know you completed Overcooked, didn't you? Yes. And it was uh, rage-inducing, was it, and shouting? And... <sighs> no, it was... <sighs> Yeah, well, yeah. When it went wrong, yes. But uh, generally, I was shouting all the way through it anyway. Just instructions, and as long as these instructions were followed to the letter of my law, I was a happy bunny. <laughs> <laughs> was there a punishment if they weren't? Uh, yeah, but we can't go into that. It's oh. incriminating. <laughs> um. So yeah. Yeah. Um, sw- swearing and just you don't often turn to your partner and say, "Just chop the fucking lettuce, will you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'm playing it with my four-year-old so you know <laughs> just chop the fucking lettuce you little shit yes fuck's sake um no it's it's one of those where i mean i've played it before a little bit um and it's a very very simple game in concept but you know mm-hmm. it's very difficult in practice in a lot of ways and it's the, the thing is you know and I'm, I'm starting my review like this it's it's a fucking knowingly evil game, you know. It, yeah. It's it's created to be purposefully frustrating and difficult, and to cause as much panic and stress, um, you know, as is possible, um, and to put you under stress and pressure, uh, and to do that to, a, you know, in a co-op experience is is like I said, it's not pleasant. Um, but saying that, it is very fun to play in. Um, so there's a couple of ways you can play this. Uh, one being that, you know, you, you have to create different meals. Um, again, very simple. You chop up the food, you put it in the oven or the pot or you fry it or whatever. You put it on a plate, you serve it. It gets gradually harder because then you, it throws in different um, menus and different foods that you have to do different things with. Then you have to wash up your plates. Then it throws in environmental things that you have to avoid or, or get around and do different things. So, yeah, it just gradually ramps up the difficulty, but you earn stars based on how many meals you get out the door. Um, if you don't get the meals out the door quickly, quickly enough, you lose tips, so then you lose score points, which means you don't get enough stars, which means you can't progress. So I'm playing that aspect of it with Lucy because she's eight, so she's a bit older. She can understand, uh, you know, orders a bit better, and she, she can you know she's got that better sort of dexterity you know shall we say than my four-year-old but there is an assist mode which turns off the need to get the the menus out the door or the meals out the door um and you don't get penalized for it so you you just have to cook them and then you have to serve them which is a lot nicer it's still frustrating because you still have a countdown clock and you still have to earn stars to get to the next well yeah, you still have to get the minimum of one star to get out, you know, to the next level. Um, so doing it that way, I've actually com- I've completed Overcooked One, and we've, we're about three quarters of the way through Overcooked Two. And I have to say, I mean, you know, uh, generally speaking, for like I said, I'm quite surprised with how good my, my four year old is. I mean, she fucks about a bit, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, like she'll just purposely throw herself into the sea if we're playing, you know, on a sea level or, uh, you know, she'll throw herself into some lava because it's funny. Um, So, but then she is actually quite good, you know, and and I don't have to order her too much in terms of like, you know, if she sees the menu at the top, what you need to get, she'll go off and she'll say, okay, I'll go get the meat or whatever and I'll start chopping it up. Um, 
so doing it in the assist mode is quite good as well. You don't get as access to as many trophies, but I'm not that fussed. You know, I think it's just more just enjoying it with her, you know. Um, but playing it the other way, I mean, I started. I played it with my wife one. Uh, once and she walked off because I started shouting at her. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you know, and uh, it, but it, and uh, again, sort of like a little bit of a spoiler for my review. But I've sort of like recommended that if you have a relationship that isn't quite as solid as uh, you know, if it's on shaky ground already, don't play Overcooked um, because it's likely to end in tears. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. Um, very quick one because it's an old one, but. I went back to Valiant Hearts, um, the the Great War. Uh, have you guys played that? Oh, crikey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played that when it came out. I completed that. Dave, have you played no. it? No, not played <gasps> it. Dave, you've got to play it, man. It's awesome. It's yeah. it's uh, it's one that it's came out um, a few years ago when I mean we're going back to 2014. So uh, when Ubisoft sort of like said, oh, we're going to be doing lots of indie games and stuff, you know, mm. and they did Child of Light, which I enjoyed, and then Valiant Hearts, uh, which I enjoyed more, um, but not played it since. And again, I went back to get some of the collectibles and whatever, and I played through it again, and just kind of. You know, it's aged so well. You know, it's such a gorgeous game. I think because back then, there weren't, you know, 4K TVs weren't sort of, uh, you know, mainstream and people didn't have access to them. Um, and some games you go back, like The Order 1886, I went back to that one because uh, I wanted to get the platinum on it because I've missed some collectibles. You can tell that the resolution hasn't uh, aged very well. It's still a decent looking game, but because that game is probably about either 720p or 1080p or whatever, it doesn't look as good on a, a 4K screen, you know, because of it being um, it looks like it's got Vaseline kind of on the screen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, whereas Valiant Hearts, because of the style, the art style, it looks amazing. It still looks incredible. It's sort of, if you can uh, equate it to um the South Park game, you know what I mean? It's kind of got that almost like, uh, you know, kind of cartoony look to it. Um, but yeah, it's set in World War One. Although it looks very cartoony, it's quite a re a, 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 um, a, a tough story in as much as you know, it's it gives you loads of information about World War One. It's sort of t- it's that perfect thing of it teaches you stuff without actually you know feeling like it's teaching you you know the collectibles that you find um you know which are it you can then open up a menu and it will tell you something about what you've picked up and the story is really uh heartbreaking you know and it's although it's very cartoony and it's not graphic it almost is in a lot of ways because it you know the you know the germans using pepper um mustard gas sorry you know and uh, and there's people people dying around you and everything, and it it again. It, so it doesn't pull its punches in terms of the content, but it it's accessible enough for people, you know, particularly like kids to play. So it doesn't. Uh, it's not graphic and violent, but it's it does. It tells a story, you know, and it tells a story about World War One uh, and how horrific it was. Um, but just going back to it, it was just a joy. It really was, you know, I'm playing through it again, like now, like I said, probably, what is it, six years, nearly seven years since it, after it came out. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games that it's, it is a classic. I mean, it's a bit, it's not a very long game. Uh, you know, you can probably finish it in about maybe five or six hours, but, and it's a, 
it's a bit of a puzzler, but not a difficult puzzler. Like, I, I'm not a massive fan of um, Monkey Island games. I've tried them, but after the fact, you know, if, I think, if I'd have tried them when they first came out, I probably would have liked them more. But I think, yeah, because I've tried them and I just found them confusing, like, you know, and, and the, the puzzles were just over my head you know what i mean i didn't get the, i didn't get it um you know very abstract whereas this is you know you need to find a wrench uh to unlock something or you need to find some uh wire cutters to get through some barbed wire or something uh, but to get to those you need to feed somebody so you need to get a potato from somewhere and to get to a potato you need to feed a dog <laughs> And then, so, you know, it's kind of like one thing leads yeah. to another, but once it all clicks into place, you know, and you're thinking initially, how the fuck, but you know, it's, it's a really, really good game. It's, I think you can get it relatively uh, cheaply. Uh, so if you see it on sale, Dave, I'd highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fantastic game. You said it's been a while since you've played it, Adam. Oh, a long, long time. To be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you what the gameplay is in it, but I know that it didn't put any punches. I know it was sort of shocking in places just because what it's showing compared to its graphical style but in no way was it ever oh there's a word there i can't think of it it was never flattering anything it was all it was always trying to be it didn't sugarcoat anything that's what i meant yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah i do remember parts of the plot and think and it it was pretty heavy going in places it was uh but really really well done Mm. dave over to you Oh, okay. So the game I'm currently playing on the PS4 is a game that you wrote a review for, Chris, back in February 2017. Oh, blimey. And it's, yeah, four years ago. Sniper Elite 4. Oh, yeah. Wow. Which I've yeah. And much like you, when you wrote the review, it's that I'm new to the Sniper Elite games. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. And... I'm really loving it. It's really taken me by surprise because any game that involves killing, um, excuse me, killing people, I'm normally, you know, Rambo style, wade in there, guns blazing and all of this. And you can't do it in Sniper Elite 4 because you, you've got to take your time and you've got to weigh up the situation and you're sneaking around and uh, and it, it rewards patience and taking your time doing the levels. Last weekend, I completed Mission 4, out of the eight that are in the main game. And I think it that mission took me, I think it took me just over two hours to do it. And I'm walking around uh, and weighing everything up and you're looking through your binoculars. And of course it's got the, you know, the, I hate to use the word gimmick because it is it is more than a gimmick. Well, I don't know. When you see that it goes into slow motion when you shoot somebody and you see them, the sort of the x-ray view and the bullets shattering the skull or going through the bollocks or wherever you want to shoot them and you say and that's fun and it's all every time you do it it's still fun to watch but for me the most fun is like planning how you're gonna do the objectives Mm -hmm. yeah and use the different things like the traps the first mission i just used my rifle all the way through and then as i've been playing it more okay so i can use the traps here i can set a landmine there or put a tripwire there and watch the pattern, watch the guards and the way that they walk around. And it makes it that much more satisfying than just the way that I did the first mission, which I'm going to replay them because I'm enjoying it that much, than just, you know, sniping people from afar. And then if they spot you and get your location and then running away and finding a new place, using 
all of the equipment that you've got, which you then can upgrade as you work your way through the missions and more stuff starts to unlock for you. I think it's got a lot of replayability. It's one that I know, because I've got all the DLC for it as well. So there's the, the Hitler DLC, um, which I'm looking forward to playing because I saw a video of it where there's like all these different ways that you've got to try and kill Adolf Hitler, which looks fun. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you get to shoot his ball is, off. It, it, yeah, you do. There's, I think there's a trophy for shooting him in the balls. I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> awesome. Which is good. But think using the environment. And again, it's things that have been used in other games, but you're looking around and then you'll see, uh, you know, there's something heavy hanging from a crane. Well, you can shoot the, you know, like the, the winch thing that's holding it and it'll drop. And if you time it right, it'll squash the soldiers. And there's logs that you can shoot um you know whatever's holding them and they'll roll down the hill and kill people but it's so satisfying the gameplay in it just to to sneak around and start killing people and i know in your review chris that you played it um you played it with wayne didn't do you play it with wayne i know you, um, you did it i think i played it on my own oh, single with- player i played it on my, yeah I, don't, I can't remember if I played it with him. I don't think I did. Because there's Overwatch. I know a part of it you can play in, which I haven't looked at yet because I want to complete the main game, but there's this Overwatch where one person is watching over the other one as they're sneaking around trying to do the objectives and the other person is like picking off all the Nazis that are trying to get to them, which I'd love to try, but you need two players to do it, obviously. Uh, but as a one-player experience and one that you can just take your time for, I think it's great. I think it's really it's really got me looking forward to, and I'm sure it'll come at some point, hopefully soon, is Sniper Elite 5. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I'm absolutely loving it, mate. And it's one, and it's not often a replay games, but once I've gone through all of the missions, I'm definitely going to replay them and try different ways of, of completing each objective that you're given. Mm-hmm. Good. It's taken me by surprise. It really has. Yeah, I think I've, I played Sniper Elite Three. Um, I did that one in co-op with Wayne, and um, the Zombie Army trilogy games. Obviously, because they're a bit of a spin-off of the uh, of of those games. Um, you know, those are sort of like more co-op, but they're a bit daft. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Hitman games. I'll be honest with you, because I lack the patience for them. Mm. But with this, I don't know why it seemed to click with me a lot better. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was great. It was. Um, like you said, it, you you kind of you you get the lay of the land, you know, when you you introduced to a mission, you've got your objectives, um, and then it's just a case of, you know, like planting traps, and you know, it's a bit of a chess game in as much as like, okay, if I put this over here, then they're going to trigger this. That's going to send these guys over here. Then I can sneak around the back. Then I can plant this tripwire and then i can go and get this mm-hmm. and i can do that and it, it, you know it's just really cool it's really clever um yeah so i i thought it was great yeah and you can play it if you want to you can go in all guns blazing yeah. and there's all you know there's there's barrels full of fuel and trucks that you can just shoot and blow shit up and of course anybody stood near them and and they die but i'd say it's it's probably one of the most satisfying games involve you know like shooting games or games where you've got to you've got to kill people it's really satisfying when you complete the mission you really feel like you've earned it however you know however you've decided to do it so yeah it completely took me sideways to how much i'm enjoying this one fantastic cool uh adam back to you oh where to go next and i completed bug snacks when we spoke last no 
I've completed bug snacks. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I've st- I played about half an hour of it, and it's very bizarre. I have to it's say, it's a very unusual game. Um, you play a reporter who's going to uh, Bug Snacks Island uh, in search of a missing adventurer, and all in first person. And while you're there, you meet the mayor. Um, you don't play as a person. You play as a I can't even remember their name now, but like a flubble bottle or something like that basically like a furry sausage with arms and legs um and it basically amounts to everyone who lived in snacksburg which is the main town has buggered off to parts of the island because there was a falling out for some reason um and the gameplay is going to different parts of the island finding these people who are now living separately and pretty much doing fetch quests to convince them to go back to the town so you can forward the plot on when everyone's back there again um and the fetch quests are catching bug snacks, and for those who don't know, bug snacks are creatures that are creatures and food. Hmm. Um, and catching each one of them with some of your various different types of traps is like its own little mini puzzle because they all have different behaviours, and you need to do certain things to catch them. Um, so, like, you might need to get a heavy bug snacks to hit a bush to make a little bug snack run out and go into the net, or you might need to freeze a bug snacks that's on fire somehow, or get it to water, or use a small strawberry in a hamster ball to lure people around when you cover it in mustard, because, of course, that's what you do. They're a bit um, like uh, a bit like Pokemon, aren't they? Because they, they kind of... They, yeah. they, they, like, they all speak, but all yeah. they do is they say their name and it comes out of the controller. The only problem with that is it, it doesn't get annoying because the voices are quite good, but it peaks too early because there's a, there's a thing that's a burger. A burger stroke rhino maybe but uh, as soon as you see it it's, it's called a bunga and it's bunger 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 as it, um, as it runs towards you but the first bunger it says when it notices you is just the most quizzical voice I've heard bunger I don't know it made me <laughs> chuckle it's a really odd game but it's weird that the plot and the characters are actually quite deep so these characters, the whole island is preposterous. Everything's bright. Everything's cartoony. You've got characters there who are dealing with... They're in the midst of a marriage breakup, potentially. And they'll talk to you about that. There's a there's a couple with... There's like two completely opposite people who are together, but they won't each admit that they love each other. So they'll talk to you about their relationship. There's someone who lives a life that's you know all like on uh, social media has a massive insecurity and lots of deep-seated mental problems which they can't deal with so it's all this sort of real life mental anguish wrapped up in this cartoony game about furry sausage people chasing sentient uh cheese sandwiches or whatever it's uh an odd odd game but i can't it's very enjoyable though weirdly mm. yeah i started playing it with um with Sophie, you know, because I thought, oh, this is a cute looking game. And yeah. then as I started to get into it, I was thinking, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Uh, I think maybe I need to play it on my own. Because as, as weird as it is, like you take, you capture these little snacks, you like a trap. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. bit like Pokemon. You know, you got traps and some of the 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 creatures are relatively easy to catch. You know, you just have to put a trap down, walk away, and then it'll walk towards the trap. Uh, whereas some of the others, you like you said, you have to squirt them with tomato ketchup before they'll 
go, ooh, I'm, I think, is that the Bunga that likes the, the ketchup or something? I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, I think, I think Bunga likes the Bunga. I think he likes the Bunga. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but and then when you go, you capture it, you then go back and feed it to the person. Or, oh, you know, yeah, you give, yeah, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you give it to the person who's asked you to cap- capture it to, and, and then he, he, they will eat it. And then parts of their body change into, they it's a bit like... food. Yeah, it's a bit like a David Cronenberg kind of fucking yeah. video gamey type thing. It's like, you know, oh, his hand will turn into a bunch of French fries or something. Um, it's there, very there, odd. There is, there's a dark side to the game, that is sure, that that be sure. I mean, it's not quite full the survival horror thing I thought it might be, but there's a there's, there are a few dark turns along the way in that game, and it mm. gets weirder. Okay. Um, so it is downloaded to play, like I said. Uh, I have heard people say they generally quite enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know. I, I did. All I knew about it was the stupid theme song when they first um, <clears throat> they first announced it, um, and that weird trailer. And people said it looked stupid. Then people started saying, "Yeah, but it, it could be quite odd, and it is odd, and it is quite enjoyable. It's quite limited. Like there's only X amount of ways you can catch the different bug snacks. They just get more difficult based on their location, but." There are, you know, you use similar things time and time again, but the characters and the plot were actually enough to drive me through to finish it. Mm. And if there's one thing I wouldn't have thought would have kept me going through bug snacks, it'd be the characters and plot. Yeah. Is it, can you die? Because the the section I've got to, I mean, you can't die. I mean, you you can take photos and you capture information about the creatures and whatever, but that's, can you actually die in it as well? I don't think you can. No, you can get frozen and burnt, but you don't actually die. From what okay. I remember, yeah. Hmm. Cool. I will check that one out at some point. Um, right. So I'll, I'll, here's my little VR roundup. Uh, mm. So very quickly then on these. So I actually finished Blood and Truth finally because um, uh, I played that a few years ago when it came out, and then I got to the. I realised it was actually the last level. Um, so you step, <laughs> you step out of a lift. And you've got all your guns and everything. I died, and it reloaded it, but it reloaded me without any guns. So as I've got my VR headset down, I'm looking down to pull out a gun out of my holster. There's nothing there. So then I proceeded to spend about two hours just ducking round pillars because I couldn't fight back, um, hoping that an enemy's going to throw a grenade at me so I can grab it and then throw it back, and then you know make it t- so far so I can fight. You know, pick up the the gun which is on a table because you can't move forward until you've taken out all the enemies um and then i just thought oh, bollocks to this i can't be asked so um yeah it, then it sat you know on my shelf for about um two years and then i thought i was on a bit of a vr kick so i went back and replayed it all the way through and again got the platinum platinum trophy on it so i quite enjoyed doing that um but you you guys have both played uh, time crisis haven't you Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So imagine like the best time crisis game you've ever played. <laughs> like you know, but you just need to have VR for it. That's the only thing. It's so incredibly immersive. Like all of the VR games I think I've played. You know, it's just amazing. Really. You know, the 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 one thing that lets it down, and this isn't the game itself, but it's just I think just the aging peripherals, like the move controllers. Sometimes they do sort of, you know, to use an American term, spaz out a little bit. You know, they they just, in some ways, they are very accurate, and you quickly forget that you've got 
a like a kind of a purple uh, lit dildo in your hand, or, or a you know with a red or a red light on the end, like vibrator, um, because you're obviously you're looking at your hands and you're looking at the gun because you've got VR. So it, you, you know you quickly forget that you've got this wandy thing that you're waving around this you know in th- sort of like you know uh, you know thin air. Um, but it, it, so they are very accurate in some ways, but then in other ways, sometimes the camera will just lose the tracking, and they'll just like you know, you'll have to recenter the, the you know the the game or whatever. But it's just an amazing. I mean, like you know, just having a uh, you set, sat in a car and it's just fiddling with everything, you know, like opening the glove compartment, you know, turning the radio, putting the heating on, you know, just like kind of lifting the um, the uh, the thing that you. Oh, what's the the, the lights you know, with the mirror on it? You know the what's the thing in the car? <laughs> Shit, gear the thing stick. The, Wheel. No, no, the thing in the car that that sort of like you know the sun visor type thing. You know, is that what they're called? Sun the visor. <laughs> oh, yeah, the sun visor. You just mean the, the flip down thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sun is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But I was having a shootout in like I was being chased and you know. Like you can open the car door and shoot out the back of it. It's amazing. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just it's a very very cool game. Uh, you know, and and it looks fantastic. You know, and again, I think it's one of those that the PS Five has given it some enhancements, so it looks a bit sharper than I remember it. Uh, and it's it's a cracking game. It really is brilliant. Um, Batman Arkham VR went back to that, um, and again, very very good, but it sort of straddles the line of is it a proper game or is it more of a sort of like tech demo that Rocksteady were, you know, messing about and put together? Because it's only about 45 minutes long to get from start to finish. It's a a few sections where there's puzzles that you can solve. There's no kind of real, you know, like gameplay as such. It's more like, you know, I suppose you're focusing more on Batman's detective skills than actually his, you know, fighting and everything. Uh, so, you know, you, you go to a crime scene, you use your scanner to, to go uh, for the crime scene, looking for clues and doing You go to the morgue, you know, and you have to scan bodies and, uh, you know, solving a few puzzle puzzles. You know, you've got your batarang, you can chuck around at different things and whatever. Um, so, it... it but then saying that it's about fifteen quid to buy, you know, so it's not a, a big full price game. Did you play this one, Adam? I can't remember if you played. Yeah, it or not. I, I did, but not until I'd, I'd had I'd had VR about a year, year and a half when I played it. By the time I played it, I'd played stuff that was much better than it. I think. Yeah, because this if was, it was one, one of the, the first things you picked up. Yeah, it would have yeah. been okay, but I played better, better when I got round to it. The best bit for me was just looking at yourself in a mirror and you're Batman and you get to move your arms and head and twist around and stuff and that was just fun but yeah the actual you, game in inverted commas yeah it was no no I, I wouldn't bother because there's other stuff available out there that's better and cheaper now yeah honest. it's one of those you know this big serious moment where you uh you're in Wayne Manor and you Alfred comes walking in and you know he says oh Robin's disappeared you know and you press a uh, a key on the piano to go down into the back cave and you get suited up and everything you know and the music's really ominous and and all this that and the other you're putting your gloves on you're putting your cowl on you know and and de- de- demonstrating the weapons and then when the mirror pops up and you have to tap the screen on the on top tap the button on the mirror 
first thing I do is start doing jazz hands in front of yeah. the mirror because it can, you know, because it's like uh, Batman's looking back at me. So I pick up the move controllers and start waving my hands around and squeezing the trigger, sort of like clenching my fists in the game. Um, but saying that, I mean, the last section in it where you're in Arkham Asylum is proper amazing you know it's it's really really well done um you know i can't remember it to be honest i can remember the end i think yeah it's just it fucks with your mind it just it, it does the perfect thing with vr and i'd love to see like i mean resident evil 7 was the probably the the only horror game i can remember uh in i VR. think i played that before i played batman which oh, is probably why yeah. i found batman less less impressive yeah, uh, but you know, it does show you what a horror game could do in VR. Just, I mean, it's just really unsettling, uh, is all I'll say. Um, and then the last VR game, I, I suppose I'll probably talk about a bit more. Star Wars Squadrons is fantastic in VR, but I haven't played that much of that. Um, is Moss? Uh, you hadn't played this, have you, Adam? I'm surprised no, you haven't got it. To be honest, I'm with you. surprised. I played the demo, and it, it it's going to be that game that. Every time any of you mention it, I go, oh, fuck, I've never picked that up. And then it just drifts out of my mind again for some reason. So mm. maybe I should just get it because I know I'll like it because I like the demo. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, it's set like a story uh, book, you know, you're flicking the pages and it tells the story of this uh, this young mouse called Quill. Uh, and he goes off on uh, a mission to save his uncle who's disappeared. And, you know he's obviously very small because he's a mouse you know and, and there's lots of uh things around him that are a danger to him uh it starts off very sort of like you know whimsical and everything he was walking through the village and and through the little town where he lives to get to the the outside world if you like and it reminded me in a lot of ways of um brothers a tale of two sons just the kind of i suppose the world and the setting in the sections in that game where they're uh you know walking through a land which was populated with giants and so then they're walking around like all these bodies of the you know the giants that are um have died and and just lying on the floor and everything so it just make it amplifies how small you are you know in this sort of like massive world and there's bits where you know you're walking through a little kind of uh wooded area and you'll see a deer in the 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 foreground and and sort of like as you walk past, they'll focus their attention on you. And it just makes you feel like quite small and vulnerable. Um, so it's a bit of a puzzle platformer uh, uh, with a little bit of fighting. You haven't got many fighting moves. You can swing your sword and you can dodge and that's pretty much it. Uh, the platforming is standard really. You know, you got jump and that's about it. There's So the controls and everything are relatively simple um it is more of a puzzle game i'd say than a, an action game um and it, the way it's set is that it's like i think you've played games like this i think it was ghost giant which yeah where, where you where you help the 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 characters don't you you're like the omnipresent force that helps them do stuff yeah, you're just yeah. sort of like overlooking what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and you can help them in some ways, like you can help Moss by moving, uh, sorry, you can help Quill by moving platforms around uh, or, you know, giving him health if he gets hurt by, you know, sticking your wand in his face uh, and, and tickling him. And, and you can do different things like with him, though. like you can tickle his ears and, and look at him. And it's like looking into 
a doll's house, like a, the most amazingly detailed, wonderful doll's house that you, or, you know, or diorama or whatever you want to call it, you've ever looked into, where the whole thing is just comes to life, you know, and staring like a couple of centimetres away from Moss with a VR helmet on, uh, Moss, with Quill, is just the most amazing thing. And the way he's animated, I mean, you see, if you think like... Um, uh, baby Yoda is is cute then you know this guy this little mouse is all the animations are spot on you, you know it just it, incredibly well detailed and, and the way he moves around um do you guys remember back in the, the 90s when like holograms and faux vr kind of was a thing there was an arcade and it was a pound to play i remember it because it was a quid to play it was a sega one and it was like um you know, like the scene in Star Wars where they're sitting in the Millennium Falcon and like they're they're playing like little hologram characters, you know, and they come to life and everything. Yeah. Do, do you mm-hmm. remember that? Do you, I, I, there was like a, an arcade. I don't know what kind of game it was because I never played it. Because like I said, it was a pound, and and I was used to arcades being ten p and twenty p. <laughs> um, and it was just it kind of a bit reminds me like a little bit of that. Like you're seeing something that you know isn't real, but it kind of looks real at the same time. Do you remember that, or is it just me? I remember one being at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and I think it was even before the nineties. And I think it was it was like really expensive. It was like a fiver or something, because it was like really brand new. This new experience of of being in VR. And I can't for the life of me remember what happened in it. I remember going on it because it was like new and VR and all that. And I remember coming off it after, I think it was a fiver. It was way too much anyway. All I can remember is coming off it and thinking, what a pile of shit that was. (laughs) I just like (laughs) wasted my money. But because it was so new and there was nothing like it, but I just remember. And it was like a circle and you stood on it and it it was near the entrance to Blackpool. Pleasure Beach, but that's about all I can remember. Mm. Um, it was expensive and it was shit. Yeah, I think that it may have been that, but yeah, anyway. But it's it's so like when you complete a level in this um, by either fighting something or solving a puzzle or jumping over a few platforms or whatever, it's like you can hear the page turning and then the, the narrator mm. is talking through what's going on. Um, it's a great, great game. You play it with the DualShock Um the only thing that lets it down is the dual shock a little bit and the platforming. The platforming, because there's sort of bits in it, it's generally a fairly slow paced game, but there's bits in it where you have to make quite quick jumps. And unless you like are 100% accurate with your jump and he grabs onto the platform, um, it can be a bit frustrating with, uh, you know, with, with falling and whatever. There's no real penalty for dying. You just kind of go, you know, try again, whatever. But... Um, yeah, and the dual shock because you use the light on the dual shock to um, move things. So that can be like moving a platform. So like if you can imagine, you you pick up the dual shock and you move it towards the camera. You know that the PlayStation camera uh, into the screen to to touch something. Then you pl- click on the trigger and then you move the platform. And again, because of the technology, it doesn't quite handle it very well. Um, I, I, you know. I, uh, Wayne's got 
the Oculus Quest 2 and he says that the difference between that and PSVR is night and day almost in terms of the visual quality and everything. So I'm just hoping that the next iteration of um, VR for PlayStation, it, it, it has something that's specifically designed for it rather than shoehorning in the move controllers, you know what I mean? Because they... I can't imagine that they were designed specifically for VR when they first came out. No, uh, I don't think so. I think they just found a fantastic way of getting rid of a warehouse full of things that people didn't want. Yeah, (laughs) and flogging them for like twice the price that they were. (laughs) You know, Um, it's just because when they, obviously the whole craze with the Wii and then PlayStation jumped on board and said, oh, we need to do something like that. Um, And then they came up with their sort of like Wiimote ripoff in the Move controller. And then when VR was a thing, it's like, oh, we could actually use this because um, it's got a stupid funny light on the end of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the, those are the only two things that really let it down. But generally speaking, as a VR game, I thought it was great. Really, really good. And I would recommend that you pick it. I think I picked it up in a sale. So definitely, if you like your sort of story-based VR-type games, then you will like this. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, there you go. I, I've played Dirt 5. Um and I've been enjoying enjoying that, uh, but that's probably it for me. Um, so, Dave, on to you. Uh, many years ago, I played Skyrim on the PS4, and while I didn't complete it, I put I put a lot of hours into it. I probably put like over fifty hours into it before moving on to something else. And then I think a couple of years ago, I picked it up in a sale on the Switch, and I am loving it more on the Switch than I did on the PS4. Uh, I think it's because I play the Switch exclusively in handheld mode. So the graphic, I mean, Skyrim's, you know, it's clunky old graphics now anyway, compared to the games of today. But then when you look at it on a big telly, playing it on the PS4, I think it just sort of shows its age more than it does on the smaller screen on the Switch. Plus, because I've got headphones in, I'm finding it really immersive, really getting into the world. And whereas before when I was fast traveling a lot just to get from here to there. I find that now when I'm playing it, I'm walking around more and looking around the world and discovering stuff. And it's still for me, the best music in a video game. The atmosphere um, just from the music alone is amazing. And I'm absolutely bloody loving just walking around and, and discovering this world. And it's amazing how much of it has stuck in my head from, you know, the 50-odd hours that I played before and remembering different places when I'm getting to them. But because I'm walking around more, I'm discovering so many more new places. And it's like a real treat when all these different surprises come up. But, and I've got you to thank for this, Chris, a thing that has revolutionised my Switch gameplay, because I always play it in handheld mode, is because you very kindly got me the um, Hori Split Pad Pro controllers mm. fucking hell mate i tell you it's the best gaming peripheral i've ever had for the way that it's changed my gaming uh i cannot recommend it highly enough that clicking in these controllers so it's like they're like it's like you're holding now a big xbox controller uh it's got a couple of extra triggers on the inside of the of the left and right um pads that you slip in that you can assign to and then they, these came in um, well, a couple of games with Skyrim, I found that the button inside button on my right hand I'm using for magic, 
and then like the X button to um, for melee attack. It just you, oh, you can configure it perfectly, and because it's like a proper controller, and I'm holding it in handheld mode. It's it's amazing. It has changed every single game that I play on the Switch, mate. Honestly, I cannot... Re if anybody's thinking... If anybody plays the Switch a lot in handheld mode and they haven't got one of these, it, just buy it. Just buy it because it is brilliant. And I cannot thank you enough for it, mate, because it has really made such a difference to my Switch gaming. And I think that's really got something to do with me enjoying Skyrim much more because it's, oh, it's a pleasure to play stuff on it now. So, yeah, Skyrim on the Switch and that Hori Split Pad Pro controller is, uh, yeah, match made in heaven, mate, definitely. Awesome, because you had the sort of dreaded DriftCon thingy, didn't mm. you? Which um, I read something the other day. Apparently, he's going to be finally, I think, investigated. Uh, oh, it was a pain. And, and Colm, he very kindly sent me over a replacement left controller. He'd got a spare um, a spare one. And I was using that. And it was yeah, that was fine. It was good. Uh, and then you got me that controller. Uh, and, oh, wow. It, is, it, was the, it was the best thing that I had all year <laughs> for the way that it's improved my gaming. Uh, but yeah, that definitely needs looking into for that left stick drift because it was fucking stupid. You just you'd let go of it, and no matter what game it was, it was as though you were moving the left stick around. How they've got away with not having to replace people's controllers because it's a known it's a known fault, isn't it? They've mm. they've got away with murder with that. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Um, yeah, I'm tempted by one of those. I must admit, I must. I haven't played on the Switch for. a a good while uh i'll be honest with you um we don't really play it much with the kids either you know we were playing mario well, party but yeah yeah i must well, I, I was like that i got it i think i got it i got the switch three years ago and then I, i'd had it about 12 months and i nearly sold it and i've got to admit i'd say before before well before lockdown started in march last year I'd started using it more, but definitely over the last 12 months, I would say it's my favourite gaming console, even above the PS4, because of the amount of games that are now on it and the amount of games, like we said, even though the store's really shitty to navigate. They do have some good sales, and I've picked up some good stuff in the sales. And because I can just jump on it whenever, Tina's, you know, she can put a film on and be next to me on the couch, and I'll just pop the headphones in, put my feet up and put a game on. I've, I've really got into the Switch over the last 12 months mm. or so. And again, because I just never play it on the TV, this controller has just completely changed everything and uh, added to the enjoyment of every single game that I play on it. Awesome. The only, I suppose, one mm. downside to it is that there's no rumble features in it. Uh, no, there, but... no, which I don't miss. I don't miss that at yeah. all. You know, I'd rather trade the rumble feature for having precise control and it being really comfortable you know i've sat there for a good well more than a few hours very long stretch of time uh, and it's it you know before with the original if you got the original controls you get all cramped up with it and it gets really uncomfortable with this no it's fine i've never had any problem with it and just played for hours on end and, and been great with mm. it rumors of uh as there have been for the last well probably 18 months or two years uh a 4k sort of mm. switch to um would either of you be interested in that because i know you love your switch as well don't you adam yeah I, I i just don't know right we've only just got 4k really in the living room with the consoles 
So how are Nintendo going to chuck out a handheld that powerful to actually do that? Unless they're unless they're doing a lot of upscaling trickery. Mm. I don't know. And for me, would it make a lot of difference because I play I, handhelds? Yeah. I mean, I think if they were going to upgrade the Switch, obviously a, a more powerful processor would be nice to make games run a bit better. Change that screen on the front to 1080p minimum. Uh, 1080p would be fine, actually, um, just for text and whatnot, and make it a bit, maybe make it a bit more on the on the thing. But most Nintendo games don't need, you know, they're never the most graphically hardcore games. They're just well styled. Mm. Yeah, but I think they will have to do something because I know third party they never have that much necessarily on anyway um and they probably will get left behind with the x and the five and the s out of the moment um unless you're doing those stupid cloud versions of games which people they seem to be trying to sell which is ridiculous yeah how does that work explain that to everybody because when you told me i was like what the fuck (laughs) from what i understand so you can buy hitman 3 on the switch but it's a cloud edition same with control so you buy the game, but you have to play it online. Like you can't, you've got to be online all the time. So that's a bugger. But if the servers are full, you have to wait until, well, there's a space essentially. So there might only be enough space for a few hundred people on it. it probably more than that. But yeah, so yeah, you have to wait till the space on the server before you can play it. It baffles me. It baffles me. Hmm. And the full price as well, aren't they? Yes, because everything on Switch is full price. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, uh, Dave, I only played a little bit of Skyrim on the Switch, and I can understand where you're coming from. You know, like I said, it's the same as The Witcher Three on the Switch. You know, you're just thinking, how, mm. how? Um, yeah. You know, so for, and I th- it'd be great if they did more games like you know classic game shows i mean because of a say i'm not i'm calling la noir a classic game but you know things like la noir have appeared on the switch like burnout paradise um you know having a dead space or mass effect uh trilogy on the switch would oh yeah oh god that'd be great stuff like that you know from the 360 era and ps3 this is the thing you know um i take it neither of you have picked up um cyberpunk no, that was I was always going to save that for the PS5. So yeah, that'll be end of the year. Hopefully, it'll all be patched up and working all fine by it, then too. Have you got it, um, Adam? What Skyrim? No, um, Cyberpunk. Uh, yes, but I have no plans to play it yet. Okay, okay. Well, so I was so thinking the, the PlayStation Five <laughs> update would be quite quick, but now it's looking like it's going to be back end of this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. So, um, I mean, you can play. I can think you could still play it fairly comfortably. It won't be the next gen version, but you know, um, better than the PS4 and the Xbox One. But the reason I brought it up was because obviously there's been a lot of shit thrown around about um, Cyberpunk on the Xbox One and PS4, and you know, yeah. the, the, saying that the frame rates are really bad and everything. Do you remember when Skyrim came out on the PS3 and you got so far mm. into it, you know, about 80-odd <laughs> hours into it or whatever, and then it just stopped working? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, um, there was a lot of shit at the time, but I don't think there was uh, half as much crap as there was sort of flying around uh, uh, about that compared to, say, Cyberpunk. I mean, I don't think social media was as perhaps 
big as it was then, as it is now. But yeah, even well, so, there weren't many wankers around then either. Uh, yeah, or at least not as sort of like Vocal, wankers anyway. that have easily got access to you know Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's it's amazing, you know, to think that that game was such a mess on the PS3, and then it's come out on Switch, PS5, uh, you know, PS4, Xbox One. There was like a remastered version on the PC. I mean, how many? I think. I, I've not played that game and I think I own it on different consoles and you know, <laughs> I don't know, why why did I buy that but um, yeah anyway I think it's one of those games that everyone was talking about it and was like yeah I should play that really shouldn't I and then I never did but uh, anyway Adam have you got anything else uh, uh, I have got one but I don't know if I want to talk about it yet because I think I need to play it a bit more first. I played quite a bit of it, but I don't think I'm really. I don't think I've grasped it fully yet. So I might leave that one. Well, just tease us. What What is it? That That's Hades. Okay. Oh, you play that, didn't you, Dave? No. It's one I wanted. No, I wanted to buy it. I'd already got on the Switch. Um, What's that? Oh, What's the other one you played? Something this buyer. I got that. I picked a couple up in the sales. Something rather the Spire, which I've only just touched on, and I got Rogue Legacy again, which I completed on the PSP, but I rebought that. Um, but yeah, Hades is one that I wanted to get, and I'll pick up in the next sale. Hopefully, what was that one that I'll, you I'll be got? Honest, I'm probably just too tired to describe the different things in it at the moment, so I want to I want to make sure I do it justice because okay. it's fucking amazing. Are we? Are you thinking of Horace? No, what was the game, game, Dave, that you completed recently? Uh, you, you put a picture up on our WhatsApp group and you said it was okay. Um, is that a roguelike type game? I think that was on the Switch. I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'd have to have a look. No, okay. I got, no. Never mind. Brain you fart. can tell this is like the three old fuckers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was weeks ago. Don't ask me stuff we can't that any, weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, go on then, Adam. Well, sorry, we'll save that for another day then. Yeah, we'll save that one. Um, uh, what to go with? I've got two, but they're both little, actually. I, I tried a bit of Man Eater because it's on PlayStation Plus at the moment, Ooh, which is yeah. a shark game. Um, I'll give it another go, but I wasn't particularly impressed with it. I wasn't expecting to be, but I was hoping it would be just a a bit of fun where you just play a shark and uh, eat shit, <laughs> which it is essentially. It's got a stupid plot. It's um, it seems to be presented as like a almost like a reality TV show about a fisherman. Well, part of it's like a reality TV show about a fisherman who hunts sharks. And then half of it is almost like a nature documentary describing your shark as it as it grows and learns to eat and things. But I haven't got used to controls yet on it, so I don't. I, I can't tell if the controls are a bit wanky or if it's me being a bit of a wanker. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to reserve judgment on that. I'll give it another I'll give it another proper go. But, um, yeah, I always wanted... Uh, uh, growing up, I always wanted a game where you played a shark and you got to kill things, so this, this seemed like a, hmm. a good fit and it was free as well. Yeah, I, I've heard it's a bit shit, but I'm temp- I'm sort of it's one of those again. I'm, um, uh, you know, intrigued by it. Shall we say? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll try uh, out for now. Apart from a gorilla fist up the bottom. So. Mm. Uh, PlayStation Plus has been quite good the last couple of months. I think um, last month was yeah. good. I mean, like you got Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, which I've not played, but I I, I do have it on my radar. 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 <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, so that was good. Man Eater, again, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, next month, you got Control Ultimate Edition. Um, so that'll obviously make people happy because there was a lot of... Because <laughs> they just bought it in the sale <laughs> over Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, the PS4 version apparently wouldn't have upgraded to the PS5 version unless you had the Ultimate Edition. Yep. Uh, uh, so, you know, people are happy now, you, you're giving it away for nothing. Uh, Concrete Genie, which again, I completed, um, which is a w- lovely little game. A um, little bit janky, but, you know, again, got its heart in its right place. So I'd recommend people try that one out. Uh, and then the, the PlayStation 5 game, Destruction All-Stars, which don't know anything about, but give it a go. Yeah, it's either going to... I think Destruction All-Stars will either be a surprise sleeper hit that's excellent, or it is just going to be bollocks. Mm. And I'm not sure where I fall on it yet. I think it looks like it could be real good fun. Just hope it's got enough depth to it. It could be like Rocket League was, you know, that just kind of came out of nowhere and was just like, fuck me, this game's amazing. Um, Or like you said, it could be a big pile of pants. (laughs) I do like the fact that you can add the PS5 games to your library ready. So I know that when we get one, uh, down the line, we've already got some games waiting for us, which is That's good. Cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, oh, well, I tried. I tried Maiden, which was the uh, Resident Evil Eight demo, sort of. Ooh, I've got that downloaded to try, but I'm kind of reluctant to do it because I I want to just play that game from scratch and not uh, it's, necessarily. It's got, it's got subtle to do. Well, no, it hasn't got subtle to do with the game, but I don't think it's part of the game itself. Much like um, you know, the kitchen demo for Number Seven, which was oh, VR. Yeah. So it kind of related to the game, but it didn't really as such. It didn't, it didn't. It didn't have any impact on the game. Same with, same with this. They called it a graphical showcase. So there's no, there's no combat in it. You pick up a couple of things and that's about it. I think you use one thing or two things and pick up a couple of things. It's more about going, whoa, look at my shiny gold doors and whatnot. And <laughs> it, um, it is very good. It is very, very nice looking. But it, I mean... It literally lasts maybe 15 minutes. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. My, my biggest problem with Resident Evil 8 is it's not it's not on VR. And I don't know how yeah. I'm going to react to playing it flat after having done 7 in VR. That's one of my favourite ever things. So, yeah. I'm a bit worried about going back to flat. Even Regardless of how good it looks, it can look as good as you want, but... That's the immersion that you're losing from it. I'm, I'm going to really struggle. I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, it'd be nice if there was a, a VR patch at some point because that was one of the best gaming experiences I think I've had. Most terrifying gaming experiences I've had for sure. Playing Resident Evil Seven. So you know, if they did eight in VR, that would be awesome. Oh, love it. But oh, and one one last thing. Sorry. Or were you going to say something then? No, no, go for it. One last thing. Uh, I got the Turrican Flashback Collection today on the Switch. Oh. Which is Turrican, Turrican 2, Mega Turrican and Super Turrican. So if you like Turrican, it's not too bad. If you don't like Turrican, ooh, avoid. But um, no, I mainly got it because um, Turrican 2 was probably one of my favourite Amiga games. Uh, the Chris... Chris Hulesbeck. Hulesbeck soundtrack. Amazing. And uh, I did boot it up and have a quick go earlier on the Switch. And just hearing that soundtrack emanate from the Switch was a uh, lovely, lovely moment. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
I like Turrican 2. I can't say I'm a huge, huge fan of it, you know, but I, you know, I like the fact that these games are coming out and, uh, you know, uh, finding an audience um, after so many years. Do you know what I mean? I mean, fucking hell, how old's Turrican? About 30 years old, is it, or something? Yeah, I'd say getting on that, getting on that way. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best game ever. Just, just I bought it and really liked it, and I, because some reason I got really good at it, so I could complete it really, really quickly, and I ended the game with like 27 lives or something. I could do the whole thing without losing a life, and just so I want to know how much of that I remember. Which the, I know the answer is fuck all because I'm old now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you, can live in, you can live in hope that I've not degenerated that much. And we were better at games back then as well. Yeah, I probably won't be able to get past first level anymore. <laughs> probably. Um, cool. Well, I haven't got anything else. Dave, have you got anything else? No, that's all my main gaming. Awesome. Right then, we'll, show we, we'll come back in a moment with some shouty outs. Bye-bye. Peggy 16. This is the story of four strangers who had somehow come to help a young German soldier find his love. But only if these five characters survive the horror of the trenches and follow their faithful canine companion. First, there's Emil, a French prisoner of war who ends up peeling potatoes for the Germans after a single bloody charge. Then there's Lucky Freddy, the American volunteer who always seems to find his way out of danger. Anna, the rose of the trenches, who's knee-deep in mud and blood, next to her boys. And there's George, the British aviator who lied about knowing how to fly. And finally, Carl, alone, lost in the maze of trenches and sick with love for Marie. Emile's daughter. Between 1914 and 1918, inside the trenches of the Western Front, millions of men fought, lived, and died. Some made it. Some did not. Here are their stories. And there we go. Uh, right, so uh, we are here for the shout-outs. So, um, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to Dave for joining us. Uh, it's been brilliant chatting with you about games for a change, you know, rather than TV and movies and documentaries mm. and all that kind of good stuff. So it's cool. It's always great to podcast with you. We um, said that we would do the entertainment shows at least um, every two months, like bi-monthly, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so... but. Other than chatting on, on WhatsApp, we that you know we don't really talk that much. Um, so it's good to to catch up with you. Uh, I'm sure Ben will be back next time. Hopefully he's well. He's got a PC on order. I think he's just waiting for all the parts to come in. Um, he's just got to figure out how to turn it on. Um, <laughs> so that 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 was mine. Um, oh, I can't wait for all the PC component <laughs> chat on the next on the next gaming show. Um, oh, oh, I can't wait for. Oh. Damn it! Because I think he's he's going like balls deep into it. I think because he's getting an RTX thirty eighty. So mm, blah blah teraflops blah blah <laughs> DSS sampling blah blah <laughs> digital foundry etc. 
Mm. Like, so, it's just going to be, well, it's so much better than your consoles. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be something to look forward to. Um, so, anyway, we'll go as we've been doing all, all uh, show. Adam, have you got any shout outs? Oh, just, just, just today for joining us because you no, know, crikey! I mean, I rarely speak to Dave. You know, obviously WhatsApp, but in a vocal manner. You know, I think this is only like the third or fourth show I've ever done. Ever done with Dave? Maybe only the third. Mm, so, yeah. Could be. I mean, obviously, I'm sick to the fucking death of your voice, Chris. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no doubt we'll uh, we'll saddle up again in the next couple of weeks. Mm, to chat about well, we'll probably do a sledgehammer at some point because we uh, we haven't done one of those for a little while and uh, then we've got Blind Fury with Rutger Hauer oh classic just just to give you a uh, sneak peek I've already got the next film lined up afterwards and I also have acquired the next TV series we'll cover once sledgehammer's done Ooh, which, which again is stupid like I said we could be on Sledgehammer for two years but in theory the next one's lined up mm. well that's the beauty of it I mean, we could always just turn around and say look we love this show um, but we've had enough now <laughs> we just want to we'll do something different um, but you know at the moment we are really enjoying Sledgehammer so it's good to go back into those um, yeah uh, anything else? Any other podcast? I mean, my podcast listening, I must admit, has, has kind of dropped off a cliff a little bit, obviously being at home a bit more. But uh, I'd still make a bit of an effort. Um, have you got? Have you been listening to anything? Do, do you know what? Really, I haven't listened to that much recently, um, to be fair. My mind is as blank as a nun's minge. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just agree with whatever you say. Fair enough. Um, okay, I'll go next then. So, um, thank you to both of you for joining us, uh, or joining us, joining me uh, tonight. It's been very, very cool. Um, and again, we're kind of, kind of committing to doing these every couple of months. So, um, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff that comes out of 60MW. It's just unreal. So, um, it's not as if you're going to be short of stuff to listen to in the interim periods between this and, you know, the entertainment shows. So, um, yeah. Just go to the website 60mw.co.uk or is it still 60minuteswith.co.uk, I think, at the moment. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, but if you type in 60mw, it'll just redirect you there. Cool. So, a podcast I listened to today, I never listened to it before, um, but because I knew that Ian, uh, bitdead77 on Twitter, uh, appeared on it as a guest, I thought I'd check it out. And it's called the Potato Thumbs Podcast. A uh, couple of American guys and, um, you know, it's very sort of laid back and relaxed. You know, they chat about, uh, or on this particular episode they did anyway, about life, what they're up to. A bit similar to this in some ways, but they weren't talking about their shits for about 10 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, then they had Ian on as a guest. Um, again, sort of laid back, just general gaming, chit chat, whatever. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was like, uh, you know, kind of uh, warm to the hosts, um, you know, family men talking about themselves, their kids, what they're doing. Um, and but just listening to Ian as well for the first time, because he's been such a massive supporter of of this uh, podcast and all of the podcasts that we mm-hmm. do. Uh, and every Friday without fail, 
you know, does a sort of Friday follow, um, you know, and so it was just nice to hear his voice. And he uh, sounds a bit similar to you, um, Adam, in as much as that he's actually from uh, Norwich as well, or from that neck of the woods. Uh, Hold on, I don't sound like I'm from Norwich. No, okay, sorry. Well, he's he's just got a very sort of like you know similar voice. Uh, I mean, he yeah, sounds not... intelligent compared to the. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to it anyway. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, no, just a really nice guy. So it's great to hear his voice after all these years of just reading his tweets and messages. Uh, so just wanted to shout him out, and I'm sure he'll appreciate it when he listens to it. Um, and also the Wilder Ride, obviously, you know, what they've been doing with all their guests and everything. Um, here's a podcast, I'll mention, mention it on the entertainment show, and totally forgot. Uh, it's called Talent Takes Practice. I'll probably talk about it next time we do an ABC Affording Head, because it's all about, you know, positivity and, you know, talking to sports people and other people, uh, successful people, if you like, about sort of the things that they've gone through before they became successful. So some of the episodes uh, have been talking to Judy Murray, talking about, you know, how she um, encouraged her sons, you know, to become tennis players and whatever. Uh, Brendan Rogers, um, manager of uh, Leicester at the moment. Uh, Rio, Rio and Anton Ferdinand. So th- there's a lot of sports uh, sort of associated to it. But at the same time, it's also about how to encourage young people to get involved with, you know, doing things positive and how do you encourage young people to like, you know. So as a father, it's interesting for me to hear stuff like that, you know, because although it is sports orientated, it's about life, really, you know. Um, so it's interesting hearing about like some of these people, but it's by uh, Matthew Said and uh, Robbie, um, I was going to say, Fowler, but it's not Robbie Savage, uh, and obviously you turned me on to the a lot of things, Dave, uh, but also <laughs> the um, ping pong guy. Oh fuck me, what was it called? Um, oh, help! Um, the the uh, Fred Sav and the ping pong guy, uh, wasn't it? Which was a lot more, you know, entertaining in terms of comedy. Yeah. But this is uh, by you know two of those people. But it's it is funny. Um, just not as funny, but then at the same time, the subject matter's different. So, yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, really enjoying it, you know. Um, and the episodes are about an hour, hour and a half long, so they're good. Uh, but there you go. That's it for my shoutouts, uh, Dave. Uh, you two gentlemen, of course, for a lovely evening to chat. So it was nice to sit in on these. Uh, and also, I want to thank you both because you mentioned Chris about your podcast listening dropping off a cliff. And mine's done the same over the last 16 months or so. Uh, the only podcast I've been listening to over definitely over the last year is uh, the NFL podcast that I download. And I got, I was like about 20 odd episodes behind with that at one stage. But just the other day I listened to because I'd got, I think I'm over 30 episodes of us now that I've not listened to because I'd never listened to anything that I'm on. I just listened to the shows, you know, that I'm not on. So I listened to episode, I think it was 194 that was released in September 2019. Uh, Spotlight Reflection Show with you two talking about Beastmaster, which I really enjoyed listening to. Yeah, it was good. And it was good to hear you, Chris, that <laughs> your um, your memories of a child have been upset when the ferret got killed. Oh. So, well, <laughs> sacrificed itself, which was nice. So I've got, so that's how far behind 
I am with all of those. I'm like, a, you know, over a year behind with the stuff that we've done that I'm not on. Um, but it just goes to show as well that they're not time limited. You can listen to them whenever you want to. Uh, which leads me on to thanking everybody that listens to us. Uh, and I know people that listen to this show don't listen to all of them, and people that listen to the entertainment show don't listen to all of them. But no matter what shows you listen to, you know, thank you for taking the time for putting us into your ears. And I would also, for the listeners of this show, like to apologise because I'm sitting in for Ben uh, this time I know everybody will be missing him and I look forward to him coming back. And I'm sorry that I didn't have any stories about me sticking my tongue up a young lady's bottom. <laughs> because <laughs> I know that's what people like to hear from him, especially from the last show of the year. So I've got I've got no rimming stories and I, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry about that. But yeah. Thank you for listening anyway. Yeah, you'll have to do better next time. I'm definitely not yeah. gonna have any stories like that, I can tell you that. No, me neither. <laughs> uh okay cool uh right then well uh yeah thanks for listening do appreciate it um i always balls this bit up but anyway if you go to 60mw.co.uk you'll find all the podcasts that we do there are tons and tons of them um dave what's twitter now because what is it tell at twitter and instagram at 60mw podcast there you go uh yeah all All the links are on the website yeah yeah so all of the the stuff's there all the competitions all the reviews that you know just it's amazing i love it i love it uh i I tallied it up the other day i totted it up i think i'm three shy of 200 reviews how about that um so yeah um but yeah thanks for listening uh and we will see you next time bye 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 bye